What is happening, everybody? We're back again. Another episode of the Off Track Experience. Got another cool guest in this week. Actually got my uh, my new coach in, Cameron Sheen. He's a guy that I met at the Burley Never Quit Gym. He actually, he joined up actually about the same time that I actually came into town. And we kind of chatted a little bit, got along. Uh, he kind of told me he was getting back into personal training after doing having a little bit of a hiatus traveling around Australia with his girlfriend. We went and got lunch and chatted and... When I chatted to him straight away, I was like, we kind of see the world in a similar way and we have a very, our morals are the same and we, yeah, we just generally got along as friends. So once we finished the chat, ended up signing up and started coaching with him. And from that point on, he's been pushing me super hard and it's just been a really positive, good experience so far. So I thought I'd come track him on the podcast and see what, uh, see what he had to say. And he's got a pretty kind of cool story from growing up in England and actually when he was born, his mum was 13 and his dad was actually on drugs and not really a part of his life. So he kind of had to navigate the first part of his life, just him and his mum. And I think a lot of people can kind of go the wrong direction in that setting that he obviously went the right direction and took the positives from it and became a better person because of it. And then set up a gym in England and got his successful, got the clients, made it quite successful and then kind of wanted to step outside of his comfort zone and challenge himself. So booked a ticket to Australia with his girlfriend. He's come over here, he's travelled around, he's had the time of his life and now he's ended up in uh, in Burley and absolutely loving it and feel very fortunate that I've been able to share this part of his life and where he's at and I think we're both in a real kind of positive, open-minded spot. So really enjoyed the chat with him and, yeah, going to enjoy uh, training with him in the foreseeable future. So hope you guys enjoy. Here you go, guys. Cameron Sheen. Makes sense. Mm, checks out. Yeah, nice. So what you're saying, you're saying when you're talking to Andy and Scotty about... Just, yeah, just like what, why podcasts work and like they've just become huge, let's say in the last probably, well, 10 years yeah. essentially. And it's just where people have their own opinion on stuff and I think people actually buy into that a lot. Mm. Um, doesn't necessarily mean that you agree with them, but it gives you a good perspective of like what other people just think on I think even if you don't agree it's like it makes you realize more why you don't agree. Like yeah. it, it just get it opens it up to you yeah 100%. you pull this like that and get it uh now like pull it like that yeah yeah there you go you want it about a fist away the closer the better yeah there yeah we there we go there we go uh-huh. yeah yeah there we go. yeah so if, like you're saying it's like <clears throat> I think it just opens you up to ideas that even if you don't agree with it, it's still a different way of looking at something. Yeah. And I think that's how you essentially just in like anything in life, isn't it? That's how you kind of grow your own ideas on something mm. is just hearing other people's opinion. And like I said, you don't necessarily have to agree with them, mm. but it's, it's good to like hear other people's views. You can kind of take some of the good ones that you agree with. And sometimes the ones that you don't, you're like, mm. and I think that's also what um, podcasts in general have kind of done is it makes you realize that all your all these people that you listen to, you're not actually carbon copies of them. Like they have just opinions that you agree with, but you also have things that you don't agree with mm. massively. Um, like fitness and trainings that like down, like that's down to a T in that sort of industry. You know, there's mm. people that post stuff all the time, like podcasts and 
at some points you're like, yep, yeah, I am fully, I am like one of those believers. Mm. Like two lines later, they, I could just be like, nah, I'm, I'm not that person. Yeah. I don't agree with you. But I think all. that's the thing. It's like, you should be able to pick up little bits from everyone. Yeah. Like you're not going to, you don't want to copy everyone completely, but you just want to like, oh, okay, I like how you do that. Yeah. I like how you do this and just take little bits from everyone and kind of build yourself through that. Yeah. hundred percent. Like you literally just get built out of your environment of yeah. who you're around. Yeah. And you, you just take on what you agree with, what you like. Um, and yeah, like you said, you kind of dismiss what you don't. Usually, you usually find the good ideas and what more people agree with is usually the right thing anyway. Mm. Not to obviously extreme extents, but... But uh, you, you'd have, like, I've got friends where I agree heavily with some of the stuff they say. And then there's other stuff where I'm like, nah, that's yeah. not me at all. But it's like, you should, instead of like dismissing them completely, it's just like, I just take the good parts and then I just don't really... yeah. And like, that's, that. that's them, that you're their, their own person. And mm. they probably think exactly the same about you, you know, in the sense of there'll be things that they're like, nah, I don't really, mm. agree. you know, I, I can be really strong, like strongly opinionated about gym training, like the benefits of it psychologically, physically. Most of my friends couldn't care less. They couldn't give a shit. Yeah. Like literally couldn't, I could preach to them all this stuff, like how it's, you know, all like I said, like the psychological benefits, live longer, blah blah blah. Like your better, your whole life, in my opinion, is better if you're stronger and fitter. Yeah, couldn't count. Do less. you try and like debate it with some, or you just kind of pick your battles of like who you think would actually like take it on board, and who's just kind of you're just talking to a wall in a way. I think when I was younger, and I'm saying that as if I'm really old, I'm like 29, but when I was like in university. um, and maybe like just after. So once I like graduated and kind of had that, not chip on my shoulder, but you back yourself, you've just graduated from a, a degree. Mm. I kind of had that mindset where I was very, especially to like my own family, where I'd be like, oh, you have to do this. You have to do this. And it, yeah. it would really frustrate me when they didn't listen to what I said. Yeah. And you're just like. Mm, like there's, there's a quote, I think uh, a smart man tries to change the world. A wise man just tries to change himself. Yeah. And it's that whole thing once you... And I think, yeah, when I was younger, like that was dead. I was like, I want to say, I want to... Save everyone. Yeah, say, yeah, yeah, no, I get the... You're yeah. just trying to save everyone. You're trying to help everyone and be like, no, no, no trust me. And, and you're just like, actually. Yeah. People live to 80, 90 years old with never exercising in their life, you know? Mm. Not necessarily like not exercising, but never... You're trying save. to save people that don't want to be saved. Yeah. In a way, yeah. in a sense, yeah. And it took, a, it took quite a few years, I'd say, from... From graduating and going into Pure Results Fitness, which was the gym with my good friend, and so we coached. And do you, then, do you want to wait? We'll take it back because we're, we're getting ahead. We're getting ahead now. Yeah. Um, sorry, I should have done this at the start. It's a little bit more of an introduction. I normally just start talking; it just like flows in better, <laughs> especially someone that hasn't done a podcast before. Yeah. I feel like because I, I used to introduce people, and then it felt like you're on the spot straight away. Where I feel like I like to slowly build into it, but I was just gonna. Um, Cameron Sheen, anyway. Thanks. Thank you for coming on. Yeah. Um, I was gonna say before we get into this, do you want to do like a just a bit of a backstory? I guess where like where you kind of like grew up, when this kind of whole thing started, like where you're from originally, and kind of how, and then just kind of roll forward, and then I guess we'll jo yeah, join sure. join in. Um, well, if we go in, I well, I'm from Bristol, mm. from Bristol, England. Um, good cider, good cheese. <laughs> uh. And have a pretty good standard of football, not the best, not Prem. Um, and good rugby, to be fair. I grew up playing sports, but I would say like in my family, I was probably the only one 
that other, I've got a younger uncle, hard to explain. I, a I younger just, uncle? Yeah, it's, it's hard to explain. It's not. It's really not. My mum had me very young and my nan had him quite a bit older. Yeah. So I'm actually four or five years older than him. Than your uncle? Yeah. And like we're the only, now I've got bro- like younger brothers getting older, but in terms of like in my little age group mm. and him there, like we were the only like boys in the family. Yeah. So like we were the only like kind of sport sporty people essentially. Yeah. Um, cause yeah, it was, I remember we chatted about this. It was quite interesting cause your mum had you when you were 14 or she was 14. Yeah. When she was 14. Yeah. How was that? Like cool. Really that cool. Setting? Um, really cool. Like she's like my best friend. She's like the greatest human being ever made. Um, but I would say like in school, I kind of, it was like, it was difficult because that's very like abnormal. You know, I went to all of my friends, like before I go into all of this, I had great friends throughout all like school, secondary school, university, like all my, you know, good humans, really good human beings. Um, but I think like personally for me, I kind of, they had a normal life and. Did you, at I the time, did you think it was different or did you just think it was? Yeah, I, I think because I've always had a pretty, um, what's the word I've always had like a good sense of humor I I happily like take the piss out myself sort of that thing and I think that was always my way of dealing with it growing up was I just made a joke of it you know how so like how would you oh, it like it, you can imagine like young boys when I was like even like when even when I was like 13 14 you'd yeah. have like your mates like taking the piss the fact that your mum's like 28 years old yeah you know I, I won't say too explicit but you can imagine yeah. like what boys are like um and I just made, I just went along with it, you know. There's no point taking it too seriously. Like, it, yeah. it is what it is. Um, yeah, and I think that was kind of my way of just dealing with it growing up. It was, di- it was, it. You were definitely my mum. My mum was still growing up, if you see what I mean. So, like, well, that's the thing. Like, I'm you're at, we're at that age now, and yeah. I couldn't imagine already having a kid to uh, that point. Fourteen. Like years right old. now, a child seems like a lot. Let alone <laughs> when you you are a child. Yeah. You, like, that's it. And and, then, and the, your dad wasn't a part of it either um no pretty much from the off no he was like in my life um i would say he wasn't in my life i would visit him and stuff like that but he was like a drug addict and stuff like that from like very early on sort of stuff i would say did you realize that as well as it was happening or you just kind of like i guess at a young age it would take you to a certain point before you're like oh this isn't yeah yeah he yeah i i was aware I think that was probably what made me quite like an aware person from like a very early stage. Mm. I was very kind of like um, conscious about my surroundings and Mm. yeah, you pick up a lot, a lot earlier than what people think, I guess. Because I find it interesting when people like they don't have that father figure, they can either go two ways of of like down the same kind of road as that and drugs, alcohol, Mm. trying to fill that void, I guess, and all alternatively you can become that person that you kind of are craving, like, like become that strong. Yeah. And then use that, like use the absence of that person to then, all right, well, I need to mature and I need to like look after my mom and I need to be better at this. And it's like, it can either like crush you or actually make you a way stronger person. hundred percent. Yeah. And I realized this when I think it was, I think I like, it was kind of just like an odd coincidence, but I was like, I kind of was seeing these different girls over a period of a few years. Mm. Um, and I was like really attracted to them, obviously the point I wanted to keep seeing them. And then it kind of this pattern form where 
either they'd lost their dad when they were younger mm-hmm. or their dad had like walked out on them. And yeah. it was just like, it obviously, I was attracted to that trait that they'd obviously had to grow up quicker and mature to a certain way, but it was because they had like lost that yeah. figure. And it obviously in that sense, they'd used that as a positive and, and grown from that. Yeah. But then I'm just, I'm wondering if, because you seem like you went and like did the rugby, like you obviously went to the gym, like you kind of were like, okay, I want to be that, go down this path and yeah. kind of polar opposite to what. Yeah. hundred percent. I think I, bef- yeah, like I was saying just a minute ago, before we kind of like delve into all that sort of stuff, I think it was, I was so fortunate. A lot of people, I, I hate saying like all this sort of stuff I'm talking about, like my dad and stuff, because I hate it to be like a, like a boohoo story. Yeah, Not I a boohoo story, but like yeah, I, know what you mean. I know what you mean, but I don't think that's the, well, how it's going to, would come across, but yeah. it's like, it kind of, I think it's just painting the picture for people that might be in a similar situation. But I'm, like, but I'm really grateful for it because it made yeah. me who I am. It definitely. What's the struggle? And it's the hardship yeah, of like having to become that person. And I realized, I think as I went into uni, um, I went, I think I went into uni still with the attitude, probably for the, even like two of the three years of uni where I went in with the attitude that the world owed me somewhat. Like because of that. Like a chip on your shoulder kind yeah, of thing. I just felt like, oh, my, I, I deserve a chance rather than like working my absolute ass off. Mm. Like a chance has to come my way. And when it comes, I'll take it mm. rather than like working really hard for that it's opportunity. It's a dangerous way to think, isn't it? 100%, yeah. And I kind of then, not until I've like in the last, I'd even say the last 12 months where I've like delved into psychology a lot more mm. and in a lot more detail I think I actually probably had a bit of like deep line resentment for anyone that had just a bit of a better life than me or like the life that I thought I want. Yeah. 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 Had it easier, but then wasn't working hard to do better or not necessarily do better, but just like wasn't taking their opportunity of having a good life. Mm. I think I actually had like a bit of underlying resentment towards that, which I, yeah, like I said, I don't, I've kind of thought about that in the last year. And people feed into that as well, because it's like, if, you think like that and you tell someone they could be like, oh yeah, you, you should, you should feel like that. And then yeah. you kind of like, you double down on it. Yeah, yeah, Where it's like, you shouldn't feel like that. You should just feel like you should do the best you can do. Yeah. Just no matter what your situation is. Mm. But um, I know, I know like I've had, I know when people have been struggling and they've had shit luck and everyone's like, oh yeah, it is fair that you are this way. And yeah. I'm like, no. don't encourage them to be resentful to the world. No, no, like, no. Yeah. Like it's, you can have your moment granted. You can have like 10 seconds, like fucking fucking, yeah. This is not fair. But what is fair at the yeah. end of the day? Yeah. Like and you, like you say, like you're so grateful for it now. So it's like. Yeah. Like I, I, so on that note of going to uni and I went to uni and had this, I can remember even just being the school I went to in secondary school. Like we were in like, we were up there in like one of the worst schools in the UK for like SATs results and uh, GCSEs. Sorry. Um, and then I can remember our year was like, we were, all of us were like pretty keen, you know, we're like we enjoyed our lessons and stuff like that. And I just felt like, I don't know. I still don't know why though, that kind of environment that we were in, I like really despised like private school kids and stuff like that, you know, cause you're just like, Oh, you the posh and yeah. they've got everything. They've got loads of money. And you know, I was just young and naive. And then I can remember I went to uni and I ended up living with boys who were private school boys and, they were so cool. Yeah. They were like good humans, you know, and that, that I think uni was that first shifting point where I was just like, oh, I've, I've really thought about the world in like a, the wrong way in the yeah. last 
however many years of my life. Um, so yeah, that was like, that was the big, I think uni was that turning point. I then had like a big shift in my third year of uni where I was definitely partying too much, not studying enough and kind of thought that I knew everything because I was actually pretty decent at gym and enjoyed mm. training. I enjoyed coaching. I've always enjoyed just helping people be whatever, like better at whatever they want to be better at. And yeah, I'd say like my third year, that was coming right to the end where I had to write my uh, dissertation. That was like my crumbling point where I was like, oh, I like I don't know everything. I fuck this big time. Yeah, like I've not worked hard enough. I was literally like on the verge of like failing my whole degree, like three years just coming down to like a two week span where I just didn't plan enough and dedicated way too much time to all the wrong stuff. And that was just like, shit. And I can remember that was, I went to my tutor, um, Roger Lloyd, like really smart bloke, really smart coach, like good coach, good SNC coach. I've actually emailed him like pretty recently just saying like, I just want to say thanks because if I didn't come see you on that day, I wouldn't have finished my degree. Like yeah. no way. And it was that day I can remember I went into, um, I went into his office and I was just like, I had, I had something like really, really bad happen at home with my mum and I think like the night before that happened with my mum my girlfriend at the time left me mm. I then went for a meeting and my lecturers were just like Cam like you're you, you're basically screwed mm. like you need to pick your, you need to pick your level of your work up in the next two weeks otherwise you're you're failing big time and then I can remember I just went to his office and I was like oh done like I'm going to quit. Did and it feel like almost rock bottom at that point? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. yeah. You, That's the lowest I've ever been. I cried in front of him for about two hours. Do you but, believe though you, you need that sometimes? Like and, you, yeah, you, 100 you, you It humbled me more than like anything's ever humbled me in my life. Mm. I sat there and like cried in front of this guy who, like I said, was like a really good lecturer, really smart guy. And I kind of, for probably the whole three years of uni, didn't, give him the credit that he, not in a, not in like a disrespectful way, mm. but looking back now, I'm just like, wow, I wish I listened more in his, in like in his glasses. I wish I was like a, a bit of a keynote with his stuff. Yeah. Cause no, but then I don't cause it's one I got, of them. You I know? got you there. Yeah. Yeah. I get what you're saying, but it's just cause you come back to that, um, the whole being at rock bottom yeah. point. Mm. And it's like, I think people don't want to be at rock bottom, but also rock bottom is a good place to build off oh, because that's a yeah. solid base to be like, all right, well, we're here now. Mm. Let's let's start building from there. And then obviously seeing him got the wheels turning that God, then yeah. started you building into something positive. But like I'm, I'm similar to that where it's like I almost need to hit rock bottom yeah. and like get a big wake-up call before I like pull my finger out. Yeah, 100%. And, and it's, it's, I wouldn't recommend it to people because if you can – no, because it can really, it can really rock people. Yeah, sometimes people don't come back from it. Yeah, and it's like, and I've seen, I've seen that with like friends and stuff that they've lost, not lost everything, but you know they've had some real bad turn of events in their life, and bang. Yeah, you, you, yeah, you can't come back. Well, you can, you, you can come back, but it's just like it's. You can never, you can like they'll never be up at that level that they were at before. Yeah, and like they're managing, they're doing well, but they're they're so far off of their like. Mm their potential, you yeah, know, where they could be. Yeah. And it's just like, not their, like their mindset completely, which is really sad. Um, yeah. If you don't have someone to, and I think that's where it comes down to like good coaches, good mentors, good mm. friends, family, all that thing. If you've got like a support network around you mm. and obviously like this person was, and obviously was passionate enough to kind of, 
kick, get like get you in gear and get yeah. you moving. Um, and then after that, did you like what was the what were the steps you kind of started to make to then come out of this place of like was it like the self talk had to change with yourself? To yeah, like yeah, I think I that was, and it was it was just about like you you owed nothing, like no one owes you anything, and like you. I think it's like really cliche to say stuff like that now because you've just got all this stuff on like Instagram where you got like all these quotes and me not memes, sorry, but like you've got some like this, like you've got like a nice picture with some quote on it. And it's just like, so not overused, but like people just, people just use it for like even the smallest things in life, you know, whereas like, yeah, it's it, kind of it, lost it, its meaning. Yeah. But it, I, but then I was actually thinking about this on a walk the other day. I was like, but it hasn't because as long as it still affects you in the way that it's meant to, it's, mm. it hasn't lost. But I think it. people share stuff just for the sake of sharing yeah, it and don't actually understand, understand it. Yeah. yeah they yeah. don't understand the like complexity behind it and yeah. what it truly means. So, but going back to what you said, it was more so, yeah, like that was the self-talk where I was like, right, I'm not owed anything. No one's, no one's going to give you a hand. Like no one feels sorry for you. No one should feel sorry for you. Like it comes down to it. Even in that rock bottom phase, like I'm still living my life. Like the quality of my life is still better than like 99% of the people on the planet, you know? Mm. And it was like that kind of entitlement that I was like, oh, I deserve a chance. I'd lost it. Yeah. In a good way, like in a positive way. And I, I think once you start understanding that, like, cause we come up with these excuses mm. of where we're not where we should be. Yeah. And I remember... Uh, I would have been 14 or 15. And I remember I'd just done a race and I think I got a flat tire or something like a mechanical or something had happened. And I was like thinking after, I was like, oh yeah, like I got a flat this and this. And you can't start coming up with these. Like, it's like built-in excuses of like yeah. this happened and that happened. And then I just remember thinking like, no one gives a shit. Yeah, no, one. no one cares. Literally no one. No one, no one gives a fuck. <laughs> it's like if you come up short, no matter even if you had the best excuse, like this happened and that happened and, and I lost my bike and like you could come up with a thing where it's like some people be like, yeah, on the outside that kind of looks fair enough, but still don't give a fuck. Yeah. Like, like you weren't, you didn't place where you, you want. Yeah. You didn't place where you want. And that's the thing. It's like at the end of the day, excuses don't matter if you're not winning or you're not where you should be. Yeah. Winners, yeah. winners tell the stories as they say, or yeah. winners write history. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like you, you, no one cares like, about. Yeah. Like it's, it's really brutal. It's, it's really brutal when you think about it, but yeah. like that is just like, humanity down to a seat. But it's one thing that's like, we come back to like, what's fair. And I'm like, kind of, if you win, that's, you're the best. Yeah. hundred percent. And you getting the cameras on you, you can talk about what you want to say. Yeah. 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 And, and like, like you said, like, what is fair? <laughs> it, it, you can, you can be really like, feel like you've been, um, like cheated out of stuff. Mm. But you can still take positives from it. You know, like it can still have a, a progressive, like a not progressive, sorry it can still have a really positive effect. You can mm. just take a positive from everything. If you're like mm. cheated out of something, you can be like, right, well, you're going to learn from that little bit mm. and you might go again. You might get cheated out of it again. And mm. even if it means that what you're getting cheated out of, you realize that it's not for you and it's a bit like, all right, actually, I'm wasting a lot of time on something that's not giving me anything back. Yeah. There's always like a positive thing to take out of everything. Well, I think it's like if, things go really badly. It almost gives you the opportunity to sh like show you how great you actually are. Yeah. Yeah. Like when things go wrong and people see things go wrong. Yeah. I always think in my mind, like how much better it's going to look if I do well now. Yeah. It's like, 
everything's turned to shit and I could still perform. Yeah, like you I'm can re- still you can still pull yourself out of it. Exactly. Well. Like I'm reading a book now. It's about Nicky Lauda. I don't know if you know who that is. It's like an F1 driver back in the, I think it was 70s and 80s. Mm-hmm. And um, he's like seven-time world champion. Anyway, it was in this horrific um, F1 crash. But this is back before like safety was a thing. <laughs> yeah. And he got stuck in the car and it caught on fire. And he got like third degree burns on his face and his head and he got all this um, fumes down his throat and he had to go to the hospital and he, he almost died, like came close to dying. Yeah, nice. And half his face got burnt, like horrific crash. Yeah. Anyway, he had to get all this um, like, I don't know, mucus and like fumes and whatever else went in his throat, he had to get his lungs pumped. Yeah. And then I think it was like three or, f- or four weeks later, he lined <laughs> back up and he got fourth. And it was Crazy. just like he could barely even put his helmet on his head because of the burns <laughs> and everything. But it just shows that like, just ruthless. That's what I mean. It's like he, he like he, he had the excuse of not even showing yeah. up, but he showed up and then got fourth. And I think he got second in the championship that year or something. It is actually I recommend anyone to watch. It's called Rush. Mm. It's a it's actually on. Um, it's like a proper. Oh, I remember you mentioned. Yeah, the other it's, day, it's a really good. It's a really good movie, but it shows this uh, battle between James Hat and Nicky Lauda, and they were kind of two polar opposite figures. Of one was like partying, out there party boy kind, yeah. of, and the other one was really uber focused and serious. And yeah. they were like. Can't, they were good friends and competitors, but they were like opposite ends of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. But it just comes, it just comes back to that whole like built-in excuses. But it's just like fuck, fuck your excuse. Like I'm yeah. still gonna just rock up and do the best I can. Just show up. Yeah. And like even if you're shit, just show up. Like yeah. you've showed up is better than doing nothing. Mm. And like you said, like kind of just like sitting at home feeling sorry for yourself. Mm. Well, that just right there is like such good advice in any aspect of anything, really. Yeah, it's like, and just it, show up. Yeah. Oh God. You, yeah. You don't. Know. That's like a key thing. I've really been pushing just on like my Instagram and stuff, but not necessarily for anyone else. It's like for myself. Mm. Cause now with, um, with coaching and like my, my Instagram, I'm just putting up more of what I do mm. rather than trying to like explain everything. And cause I, I like to kind of do a lot, you know, I like yeah. to explain what I'm doing and why you do this, why you don't do that, blah, blah, blah. Whereas now I'm just kind of just in that groove of just being like, just show up. Mm. Just it, you don't need to know the nitty gritty stuff of everything. Just turn up. Yeah. And if you look at somewhere like the like the gym, like never quit. Mm. Just the hardest thing to do every day for like all of those members is walk through the door. Mm. As soon as you walk through that door, you, you're in it. Like you yeah. can't you can't go home. You can. Yeah, but, but you don't. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. No one's actually like holding you in there or anything, mm. but. That's the hardest thing, like showing up, waking up early, like making sure you go to that class, like ready. Mm. And that's the hardest thing. And like, I think, I think a lot of people probably overlook that, you know, like they don't actually give themselves the credit of doing that. You know, the people that turn up, not just the people that turn up every day, but let's say like two or three sessions a week. Like that's like, you, you, you're committed. Mm. Like fair play, like good on you, you know, like that's actually, like that's actually graft to think mm. that, like all of those people then go and work and live a normal life and have families and they add ju- that all on. Yeah. Yeah. I've got the luxury of like, once they've all gone, I've, I've got, well, sorry, we've got like the coaches out there. We've got our own gym to just do what you want. Do what we want. We just play it. Like we love it. Like that's our, that's like, like our, yeah. Like that's <laughs> yeah. our passion in life. Like yeah. I love training. Yeah. You know? So like, so those people that add that, like that, let's say, let's say on, they do three sessions a week, that three hours of their like seven days. Mm. Like that's fair. Like that's impressive. I think like you said, it's like the hardest bit is not the gym. It's the, I find for myself anyway, it's like the four o'clock alarm or 4.30 alarm. It's like, it's honestly getting out of bed Yeah. at that time. 
that for me is like as soon as like you conquer that, yeah. As soon as you get past that, the rest kind of just falls into place. Oh man, yeah. It's the first five minutes of the day. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you wake up at four a.m. or you wake up at seven a.m. Yeah. Like that first five minutes when your alarm goes off is hard. Yeah. You just have to get up. It doesn't matter when it is in the day. Like, and that's what pe- people are. Oh, I, I, I think I actually, I seen someone on, I think it was a meme to be fair. And it was like, there's actually people in the world who have an alarm on at 4am. And I was just like, reading that, I was like, shit, that's actually me. Yeah. I'm one of these losers that they're actually taking the piss out of. On. <laughs> and then to be like, I actually did then feel a lot better because like the first comment was, it was just like something about, yeah, well, they're the people like out there chasing their dreams. And I was like, yeah, yeah that's me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm out there chasing. But I was like, mm, yeah, fair. But um, yeah, it's just, that's it, like, that's the hardest part. That is like the hardest part of the day is just like dragging yourself out of bed. I've watched a, uh, this, oh, I can't think of his name right now. It was a surfer. Mm. And every day when he wakes up for the first, like as soon as he wakes up, he just starts hyping himself up. <laughs> so he's like laying in bed. And he just filmed a thing of what he normally does. And it's like him waking up. And he's like, yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna have a good day. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna get after it. He just yeah, starts nice. pumping himself up, and I like, I'm like, I might give that a go. Hey, yeah. just to see. You'd look like an absolute nut job if like anyone else. If you had seen anyone it. else there with you, yeah. <laughs> but if you buy yourself, hey, guarantee it at work. It was like those. Um, I can remember like it was probably a good four or five years ago now. I started watching the like Tony Robbins videos yeah. on YouTube. And have you seen all that stuff that he gets people doing in like his shows where he gets them all up, like doing this like chant thing where like they all pump their arms up and everyone after is like, oh my God, it was like a out of body experience. And I'm just like, I'm not surprised that you've probably been sat there like really motivated by this like Mm. big successful bloke who's like, he's like a leader character in himself, isn't he? And then he's then like got a room full of however many hundred people just got like up moving around and everyone's just like, oh my God, that's amazing. Mm. And I, was, it's, I think it was literally just like bumping their arms in the air and jumping up and down doing some star jumps. And I was like, yeah. fuck. Well, I think just the energy of that many people like on the same level, on the same level for the, going there for the same purpose. Mm. And then just like that, like I think that's a big thing, man. Like if you ever go to like music festivals or anything like that, it's like, it's not, so much the music, but like the energy of all the people around there, they're all so like in tune with that same feeling of being there. Everyone wants to be there to have a good time. Exactly. So it's like you get the energy from that, not like the music obviously facilitates that, but it's not kind of creative. Yeah, I know what you mean. You know what I mean? So it's like if you went to a music festival and the music was playing and you're alone. Yeah, be shit. It would be (laughs) be terrible, yeah. Yeah, you'd feel pretty flat, wouldn't you? You would, yeah. So it's like you go there for the people, not for the actual music in a a sense, like both obviously, but... Mm. Yeah, I know what you mean. Like and a, that's, yeah, it's like the same as sport, isn't it? Mm. And that's why, like, when you go and watch the sport and your team wins and you're with, like, thousands of other people, you, like, leave that stadium that day and you're like, fuck, that was amazing. Mm. Well, or they lose and you leave and, like, you're with, like, thousands of people who are also just like, fuck's sake. Yeah. Like, like, you saw when um, Argentina won the World Cup, like, the scenes come oh. from there. Like, that just, like, is... Imagine being, like, one of those people in that, in that moment, like, in that crowd of people oh. back in, like, your home city like home country just and you've just won the world cup there was like a drone shot going through i saw and i was just like this is insane yeah like Like imagine being in that crowd the atmosphere must have just been insane surely even the police would just be like i let him go oh yeah they wouldn't care (laughs) i would would love to see what like i actually said to someone though because we've got um we've got a couple of argentinians in the classes yeah and they were like oh well imagine what england would be like if you won the world cup and i was like I actually don't know if it, oh, I would, it would be huge. It would be like that, but I don't know if it'd be that many people, you know? Yeah. 
I could not believe the amount of people that were on the streets in those videos. It looked like, have you ever seen the movie World War Z? <laughs> yeah. It's like all the zombies. Yeah, that come it's just like that. endless, like everywhere endless, you yeah, go. And sea of like, people. Fuck. I w- I would like to think England would be like that. We love football that much. You would hope so. You know? I was going to say surely, like yeah, surely. But hey, Argentinians also love football. So that's the thing. Who do you reckon actually does love it the most? <sighs> oh, like who would be the? I don't know. Did you, I play, actually, did you play football at all? Is that, I tried playing football. I wouldn't. I would like. I would hate to say that actually on <laughs> camera that I'm any good. I'm really not. Um, I just enjoy sports. I played rugby in college, um, which like same again. I think I was really fortunate even just to like make the trials in the trials that I turned up for because uh, one of the coaches who was on selection, like picking players, was a guy who played for my local rugby team. And I'm pretty sure still to this day that that was the only reason I got in. Um, but thankfully I did because that whole environment for like two years of playing, like um, I was only in the second and thirds, like throughout the whole two years of my college, but like the whole setup for like all three teams was actually like quite professional. Like you, you trained twice or three, I think you trained three, three times a week in two gym sessions and then played. Yes. That's a pretty serious commitment to something yeah. for like, did yeah, you, like, did you have any like hope to take it further than that, or you just kind of? I kind of, I think I had that like naivety that like if I trained really hard, mm. I could do it. And like it, now with the kind of mindset I do, I have now, I would probably if I had that commitment I have now to just like health and fitness. Mm. Who knows? But like at that age, oh god, some of the boys I can remember turning up to like trials, and then. England colleges trials I think it was I, I don't want to say the wrong thing because there's like standards where like some of them are really high and some of them are like not so high mm. and just some of the boys like my age even a year younger than me like unbelievable that just like a whole world yeah and just like freaks of nature you know like so fit so big like for like 17 18 year old lads like you're talking big boys yeah and then I wasn't, you I wasn't, no, no, God, no, no way. I think I was only probably when I started, when I went to Filton, which was, uh, I was, yeah, I think I was like 17. I was like tiny. I had only been going to gym for like six months yeah, and just doing like, bod- it wasn't like real, you know, like proper training. It was like proper meathead sort of stuff, like bicep curls and chest press sort of stuff. Like no legs, just that. no legs ever. Um, yeah, just trying to look good. <laughs> Um, never trained legs. No, 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 never. That was way too hard then. And um, was there a turning point? Because you said like, if you were training like you train now, back then you'd probably be able to like you not. You never know what could have happened. But was there a turning point where you kind of your training schedule, how you looked at it? Like, when did that go? Okay, this is not. I'm not. I'm not giving it enough. Yeah. I'm not doing the right thing. Um. I, when I when I graduated, I went to Thailand for I think we went for like seven weeks with like a group of lads, um, and also during for uni, like my group of mates at uni, we were all kind of we were all sporty, we were all gym like love gym. And you're studying, obviously, yeah, and conditioning and stuff. So like I kind of started to learn about the like finer details of everything and the importance of why you do certain things and all that jazz like all the like like I said like the real nitty-gritty stuff Mm. and then when I kind of stepped into working at Pure Results which is the gym that me my friend ran for like eight years before coming out here with uh Dan Meredith as like the head guy of all of it um Andy the other guy who I ran it with 
he obviously like gave me the opportunity to come into this business. Um, and I think it was him. I think Andy was like, it was a tipping point of, he was just a, like a freak of nature. He's like one of the, like still to this day, he's like a freak of nature. He's like one of those guys who he could diet for like two weeks and be in like the best shape you've ever seen like a human being in. Or he can just be like, right, I want to put on like 10 kilos and he can just eat disgusting amounts of food and he'll put on 10 kilos in like two weeks. Like with muscle, like just. Yeah. Like he's just, his body, he's just a freak. Like he's just an absolute freak of nature. He's like so strong, so fit. Um, I don't want to. And did you say that and then kind of go. I just kind of, I took, I had been training with. I'd been training with like uh, friends at uni and stuff like that. And it was all very kind of like sports specific training slash bodybuilding. Whereas Andy was just, I can remember just from the off, he's like, you're, you're not like, you're nobody if you can't deadlift 200 kilos. And I was like, all right, I want to deadlift 200 kilos. Yeah. And he was like, if you can't squat, ask the grass, like you don't talk to me. Not, he didn't actually say that, but it was that sort of that attitude, attitude like, towards it. Yeah. Like, yeah, like you've got to be good at the stuff that you, you is hard and like the stuff that's like in the textbook, like that's strength and like that's Do power. Do you find like you need that sometimes? Like you need that hard ass to kind of come down yeah. and be like, whatever you think you are, you're not. Yeah. And he was definitely that first person when it comes to like gym and stuff. He like, he was, I can remember coming out of uni where I was still doing training to like look good, essentially like bodybuilding. I was eat, I was like eating to look good, but trying to build like lean mass. I learned a lot in that phase. Don't get me wrong. Mm. But he was just like, "What's the point?" He'd be like, "What's the point of having a six pack if you if you can't back squat 140 for five reps?" Yeah, and you're just like, "Yeah, fair." Yeah, you're focusing too hard on image, not yeah. on actual like use of it. Yeah, and don't <laughs> like I don't want him to one I don't want him to like watch this and be like and I don't want it to sound like I'm like praising him too much because he'll love it um, <laughs> but to it's that balance isn't it between like being a hard ass and also being encouraging yeah in that but he's just like ruthless even still to this day yeah like I could I could post some up and like it's funny like it's funny like I actually laugh by it all the time I could post some up like say in our group chat tomorrow I don't know let's say I'd done like a half decent lift tomorrow in the gym mm. I could put it in and he'd be like, well, you know, there's like 16 year old Chinese weightlifters that can do that. And you're like, yeah, yeah. And you're like, yeah. Yeah. Doesn't like, want your head to get too big. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, is, is, I think there was definitely phases in like the eight years of where we trained together and worked together. There was definitely phases where I was just like, oh, fucking mate, just give me a pat on the back, mate. That's all I need. But at like now that I've like obviously moved over here and stepped away from all of it, I'm so grateful because I see. Did like, he ever do that though? Did he ever like, when we were in comps, yeah, like because we competed and we done well at like um, national fitness games in the UK. Yeah, I think in like the first two years, two or three years, we we podiumed and stuff like that, which was really good. Like it, we trained hard, and it was like good to come away from that as being rewarded for it and mm. kind of challenging ourselves against other coaches and functional athletes who are also really good, you know. Mm. So like that sort of paid off because if I would have had my mind, my own, like it, I wouldn't have got to that point without him just being without like, him you being, need to be better. Yeah. Yeah. It was a, it was a, good, a harsh truth. You kind of, you don't want to hear, but you yeah. need to hear. But then I think you need to balance that with like, if you actually start progressing in a positive way, it's like a pat on the back. Is <laughs> yeah. a nice, like you need a reward. Yeah. hundred percent. A certain point. Like, like I said, I know, I know if he watches this, he'll be like, 
even if he was like, yeah, I could have, but he'd be like, but you wouldn't, you wouldn't have got, you wouldn't have been as good as you are. And it's like, it's true. Like you, I can't even deny it. Yeah. You know, I, I still like, without giving too much credit away, I, I obviously still showed up and mm. it was that sort of effort from me, but yeah, it was always like, right. What's next? Yeah. It was, and like, that was the positive behind it. You know, it was that like, cool. Like that's done. Like, yeah, this it's done. Like you can do it. You've done it once. You can do it again if you really want to. Yeah. And I, st- I still have that mindset of everything. Mm. Um, I've got a, I got a saying that it kind of resonates with how he was as a person. I've, I've like, I've, I chant on a bed all the time, but it's like, tell me I can and I'll try. Tell mm. me I can't and I will. Yeah. And it's that like, kind of like whatever you think I'm like, doesn't, it doesn't matter. I'll, like, I'll prove you wrong. Yeah. It's like that little bit of like dog in you to be yeah. like, all right, doubt me. Like, yeah, that's just yeah. going to fuel the fire more. Yeah, and, and I, def- I, I, I definitely had that relationship with him, I think, mm. which is good. Like I'm like, same again, I'm so grateful for him because mm. he- Because I'll, I'll mess with kids sometimes when I've done coaching and stuff and be like, oh, like you've got to do a sprint here. Um, <clears throat> I'm like, you, you, like you, probably, you won't be able to do 30 seconds, but like try. Like, <laughs> yeah, like just you won't, little, yeah, little just mind like, game. Yeah, little mind game. Be like, yeah, you probably won't. Like I do, <laughs> I do that. So you won't be able to do it. And you'll see him just be like, Oh, I'm going to do that kind yeah. of thing. And like, I know I think sometimes I'll do it with my dad because my dad's, he's, he's really switched on with a lot of things and he's just mechanically minded Yeah, and I'll be working on something and I'll be struggling. And I just, I know if I'd be like, Oh no, nah, there's no way you can do this. It's impossible. <laughs> yeah. And I'll say that and he'll be like, give it here kind of thing. And, and then just, I'll just watch just, him start doing it. I'll be like, Oh, that works. You just planting well. the seed in his brain. Well, it's that whole thing. As soon as you tell, yeah, yeah. I think my family in general, that whole, like you can't do it. It's just like, and it's, it's just like it, it flicks a switch, which I don't even know where that originated from. But I know like I'll be somewhere and as soon as someone like doubts, it's just like it just the fire just gets lit. Yeah. Like, I want to prove you wrong. So yeah, badly. I'm the same. Yeah. 100%. Where if someone comes up to you and goes, I reckon you can do that. Yeah, it's like. Yeah. I, if anything, it's, it's, I'd even say that probably has a negative effect. Well, it kind of makes you, I think, think you've won before you've even started. You're yeah. like, oh, yeah, I could. Yeah. I could. It's like when you hear people like. I always see this with um, ex-professional athletes. They're like, oh, yeah, I could have done this and I could have done that. Yeah. And it's just like, you didn't do it, you couldn't have done it. Yeah. Like you're only you're as good as you were. Yeah, 100%. And it's like this whole thing saying how you could have done this and that and everything. It's like, you heard the thing where it's just like, if you what is it, if your auntie had a dick, she'd be your uncle. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. it's just yeah. like, it doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like she doesn't. She well, doesn't. Hopefully yeah. she doesn't. No, yeah. she doesn't. But yeah, that's, <laughs> that's the whole thing. It's like, oh, and like I, I, I get frustrated when people talk about what they could have done. Yeah, 100%. Like you, you talk about, I guess, what you want to do mm. and what how you're going to do it. But as soon as it's like in the past, it's like, well, that was the best I had. Yeah. And I just like comes back, I guess, to excuses. You're like, oh, I didn't do that because of this and that and everything else. I'm like, no one cares, man. And just be honest. Yeah. Like, just, like the, soon, the sooner you're like honest with yourself, that's where those people, not all people, but that's where that sort of mentality like, they don't have it doesn't evolve because you're not actually honest and just being like ah fair I I wasn't good enough well the whole thing it's like if you look at yourself where you are right now in life in general Mm. you are exactly where you are because of you yeah yeah no one else yeah not a single other person like and you blame your kids your wife your friends your parents whatever yeah I was like nah this comes down to you you made the decision to put you here yeah whether it's a good or a bad spot that's on you yeah 100% and that was the so so when I when I actually went into the gym like after Thailand, I literally jumped straight back, like mm. straight into Pure Results Fitness from Thailand. And um, 
So you had Andy who who, who had like that competitive like mindset of just mm. like what's next, what's next, and then like Dan who was he essentially founded the gym. He um he I think his like online business like skyrocketed really quick. Mm. He um has a Facebook page called Coffee with Dan. It's um like online mentorships in um like copywriting and stuff like that. And he was like also one of the first people in my life that was just like, like no one cares. Like no one gives you a shit, like work harder. Mm. And like, I can remember, I can remember I sat down and like, same again, I like told, he kind of, cause obviously I, I came into this business, which was originally his and it, we, me, Andy and him were now in like a three, it was like, right, we're going to grow this. Like, How old are you at this point as well? 21. Yeah, so it's still very... How old would they have been? Andy was 21 as well. Andy's the same year. I think he's a year younger than me, like, in school years. But, yeah. like, he's same, pretty same. much... And then Dan... Oh, God, Dan would have been... Probably early 30s. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I think those two knew each other from a gym whilst I was studying. And they mm. kind of, like, that's how it kind of grew, essentially. Um, and I can remember I was, like, sat down. I went out for some food with him. And he was like asking me about life. And I kind of, I told him about the, you know, like my mum and my dad and all that, like my kind of whole backstory. And I can remember he, he paid for food. And then we went for like a little walk around the marina in, in Port Zed in, um, in Bristol. And I can remember him just turn around and be like, never tell, like, never explain yourself as that person. To, like to people you meet and I was like I was kind of took back by it originally and he was like he's like you that, that's how you see yourself he's like that's and he's like don't 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 put your like pull yourself down like that he's like there's nothing wrong with how you've like you've done like where you are now you've done really well for yourself like be proud of yourself don't like put it down as soon as you meet someone and you're like explaining yourself to someone don't be like, oh, I, my mum's 14 and my dad, my dad's a drug addict. And mm. he's like, don't, don't put yourself down like that. Like choose, like speak more powerfully about yourself. And like, that was, he was like one of the first people straight away where my, my, like the switch in my brain, I think with the whole kind of just like work hard, like mm. the, in terms of like business and like building yourself up as like an individual, he was like, so one, how you view yourself. Hey? Yeah. He was one of the first people that was like, don't talk, don't talk neg- negatively about yourself. Like don't you back yourself, like work hard. Know that like, you're going to have to work harder. Is that like that saying that's like floating around all the time? Like if you want to achieve something that you've never achieved, you're going to have to do something like you're going to have to be someone that you've never been mm. sort of thing. And it was like, that was it from the off from like 21. He was like, from this day on you like don't don't speak of yourself so lowly sort of thing because mm. I did essentially I think it kind of in the back it's of like my built in it's like built into like it's almost like a safety net it's like oh you're here and that's really good because you came from there it's like this pre- preconceived thing of like I don't know if someone would ju- judge where you're at it's yeah. almost just like oh okay it makes it like sense even if it's good or bad yeah like I, I think I, I think I was I'm really fortunate because I think from like a really young age, like really, really young age, my mum was just, my mum's always said, just be kind and be honest. Just be honest. Like honest, like sometimes people don't want to hear like the honest truth, but at least you're being honest. Mm. Sometimes it, it goes down like a lead balloon, but at least. Yeah, you feel better that it's. Yeah, like at least you're not kind of like wording it how it shouldn't, you know, like masking it. Just mm. be, just be, be straight honest. up. Yeah. Um, Do you know who Eric Thomas is? No, he's like uh, a motivational speaker out of America. 
And it just comes back to the um, thing we are talking about before, how you had to change who you, how you spoke about yourself. Yeah. And he had this thing, I'm probably going to mess it up, but he talks about it's like at any moment you need to change who you think you are to who you want to become yeah. at any moment. It's like you need to change that story you keep telling yourself of who you were mm-hmm. to who you want to become. And it's like once you switch that and switch that story in your head as like poor me or this person to like instead of going to meet someone, it's like, oh, I'm going in this direction. I'm yeah. getting better in this way. I'm like, that's who I am now. Yeah, yeah, It's yeah, not like sure. who I was, it's who I am. Yeah. And it, yeah, I just think that was like, that was the biggest, in my early 20s, that was like where it changed. And I yeah. was just like, right, like start working now. Mm. Like start working on yourself, start working on things that you, you want to achieve. Mm. And then it kind of just progressed from there. So then like in regards to like, I think Andy with the training was like very, as in like Andy back home, he was the first person that was like, like I was saying, like, it's just like, what is that mentality of like, what's next? Yeah. Like, okay, that's cool. Like, you've done it. Do it better. Yeah. Do it faster. Do it, you know, lift more. It was always that. It was like, and it, it just filtered into everything. Like, not not in like, um, but I don't want it to come across like, not in the sense of like, where you're happy where you are. It wasn't just like, oh, I've achieved it. Like, what's next? It was. Yeah. Did he kind of want you to like appreciate it as well in the moment? Yeah. Like, we we definitely did. Like, we had we had that balance back home where, because that can get tricky if you're always looking at what's next yeah. and kind of like you don't appreciate what's now. Yeah, 100%. And I, I, but I think that we, I, I say it to even like people that I've met out here and like when we were living on the road and stuff, it was just that, that eight years that I worked at Pure Results with just essentially in terms of coaching, just me and Andy for like four years. And then we, uh, one of our good friends who like we played rugby with in college, he got his coaching certificates and he, uh, Aaron Mason, he then joined us. And honestly, it was like the best four to eight years of, I couldn't ask for an easier job. Mm. Like, it was just three like best mates. We trained people in the mornings from like five, six AM till like 10, mm. at, well, 10, 11. We'd then like all walk to the shop, buy food, eat food, we then train from like 12 till two together every single day and then train people from like two, three o'clock till seven. Mm. I'd just done that every single day for like eight years. It was like the best life ever. I was so like content in that, in that like sort of contentness, it was great. So like, why did you want to, why did you change? It just need, I, I just personally for me, it just, I, I think it was just, I was just really comfortable I, I don't want to, I, I, before I, before we even go into all that, I don't want it to sound like that's what they are. If you know what I mean? Like, I don't want it to be you like, oh, it means they're. Take, yeah. You don't want to take away from what they're doing. Cause like, cause I, it's something, but, but that, it's, it's also like individual. It's like such an individual thing. To be like, yeah, I don't, I want this all. Cause I, I look at people that live very, I guess, normal lives in a way and they love it. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, that's fine. There's always a part of me that's jealous in a way. God, oh mate, there's Maybe. been there's been times that I can remember there was like this one time in the NT, like we'd just been out of quarantine. I reckon we were in Darwin for like two weeks and we were on our way down to Uluru. I can't remember. Might have been in North WA actually. And there was just like one night and I was like, oh my, Leah was like asleep in the tent. And I was just like, oh my God, if I could just click my fingers now and just be back in, back to my life. Mm. I I would have done it there and then if I could have because I was just like fuck I'm not cut out of this <laughs> but I but that was exactly why I done it 
Yeah. I just felt for, like, for, like I said, for me personally, I, um, I just, I wanted to do lots of other things mm. and I knew that having that kind of commitment to pure results and the commitment to, um, just like life back home, it was either get serious, buy a house, have like start planning to have kids with did, Leah. Did you almost see like your life playing out? Like you saw, yeah, you saw the next five, 10, 15 years played out and you're just like, I can kind of like, it's not a, like it wouldn't be a bad life. No, a hundred percent not. But you can still see it. It was just for me, it was just like, no unknown. I was ready for like, I wanted to really kind of like push myself in something new. Mm, get uncomfortable. Yeah. And then, yeah, me and Leah then flew to Australia without knowing anyone over here. And yeah, that was just. <laughs> was that just, hard to convince? Leah Le- obviously is your girlfriend for anyone. That yeah. Yeah. Fiance, sorry. Fiance. Um, no. Was it hard to convince? Or you just like, we're. No, well, how, I, how did that like? How did that conversation go down, and what was the kind of steps in? I can remember literally on like our second date, we I think she had mentioned in actually it might have been our I think it was our first date actually, and I mentioned that I was like I was like oh, I want to go to Oz and New Zealand and I wouldn't mind going back to Southeast Asia again because it was a good laugh and it's like dirt cheap, and um, she was like oh I'm actually an Australian citizen. I was like, ah, cool. I obviously didn't think of it. Like, it was not like I, it's not like I planned it from yeah, that day. Yeah. <laughs> but um, we kind of just got like, even just a year into our relationship, we were like, screw it. Like, let's, let's go on some holidays for like the first th- two or three years. And then like, let's save and like, let's move towards, like, let's mm-hmm. give it a shot. Um, and obviously being, her being a citizen, I had that opportunity to apply for a spouse visa. Mm. So, yeah, I think after we'd done... Has, did she grow up here or parents or did she spent much time? So she moved over here when she was five yep. with um, her mum and stepdad. Yep. And then she moved back when she was 12. Yeah. So she got a citizenship, but she's not, she's technically not Aussie at yeah. all. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was kind of a, like for me and her, we were like, like, why not? Yeah. And I, I think that was our attitude the whole, literally the whole time leading up to us leaving. It was like, what have you got to lose? Like, worst comes to worst. That's the whole thing. Yeah, why not? Yeah, like, worst comes to worst. You, you absolutely hate it. We miss family. Like, and we still have that attitude now. Like, if it comes to, like, we we obviously love it. Like, this is, I can't see us changing our minds anytime soon. Like, we, mm. we say, like, we say literally every day driving to work at like four o'clock in the morning. Like, we drive past the beach and we're like, this, this is such a good life. I was going to say I was in England quite recently, and I was like, it was fun, but don't, it's, don't, yeah, don't it's, it's just live. different. It's, it's just different it is lifestyle. Different, yeah, yeah. Um, it's just not. Yeah, and it's like honestly, you never know; it could change. Yeah, but like I feel the Gold Coast, this area, and the people, and just everything about it is one of the like I've been all around the world, and I just feel like this is. It's just a good buzz. Mm, Everyone in so many kind different of ways. Yeah, everyone's got their own thing going on, but everyone's just pretty chilled, mm-hmm. you know, everyone just likes the beach and the sun and everyone's, you know. ha- everyone's happy Yeah, and outgoing and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and just motivated. That's my biggest thing being up here. Like I meet so many people and I'm like, you're so cool. Yeah. Like, you're just interesting and cool. And it makes me look at my life and be like, I want to be more interesting and <laughs> yeah. cooler. And so you, and then you and just nicer. aspire to do like just different things. And that, that, I mm. think that's probably what's the like, 
contagious vibe yeah. about it, isn't it? That you just want to, you just want to explore. Exactly. You just want to be curious. Mm. It's like a big mixing pot of just curious and interesting people. Yeah. And I like, I think that's one of the coolest things is you meet someone and they'll open your mind up to a new way of looking at something or feeling about something. And mm. it's just, and they're so open as to share it as well. Where I yeah. feel like a lot of, in smaller towns, I'm not sure what Bristol would be like, but I know, and obviously it's bigger, but I don't know if the people there are a bit more shut off and closed off in a way. They're, I just feel like, I just feel like, back. I, I guess it is the same as like Sydney and Melbourne though. Yeah. I feel like England's just very dense, like densely populated. Mm. Everywhere you go, there's like, it's just houses everywhere and like people are just busy living life. Yeah. Whereas I feel like here, like people are just <laughs> no, one, no one works a normal job. Yeah, but, like people are just busy doing nothing here. Yeah. You know? Like they're just like, oh, clock off at two, go for a surf or go down to the beach or yeah. you'll the just lifestyles. like, yeah, you just see people doing crazy shit all the time, you know? Yeah. And you're just like, yeah. But yeah, that like touching on, uh, for me, that was just, I knew I needed a bit of a challenge. Because I was always, I would always be like, oh, like back home, I'm like, oh, sh should we try this? Like, let's do this, let's do that. And I was just like, I'm, I realized, and I've, I've only like really figured this out again recently when I've like kind of thought in more depth about it. I've always, I think before coming out to Oz, and probably not even still Oz, because essentially I'd done it with Leah, but I'd always like tried to like, pull people in to do stuff with me rather than just doing it myself. Mm. And I think that was like quite a, probably just me not being confident in doing something on my own. What was the fear in that? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I just like, but then I, I don't know if that's like a negative thing or I just, I like to make other people try new stuff as well. You know, I don't know if it's like a positive or negative thing. I just, yeah, I, I, I get what you mean, but I feel like at the same time, it's like you need to be comfortable within yourself doing something. And especially if you're doing something that's, I noticed that when I would venture out, I'd always want to bring people with me. Mm. And then it got to the point where other people's decisions to not join me were determining my life yeah. in a way. Cause yeah, I wasn't yeah. doing things I wanted to because no one was doing it with me. And then once I broke that and just went and started doing it by myself, you might meet like-minded people doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. And then it's just like, Oh, the people that I wanted to meet are already doing the thing that I'm doing. <laughs> so then once you realize that you're like, Oh, we're good. But yeah, that's like, yeah. I know, I know the feeling of like, you're trying to drag people along with you, but then it comes back to the point where you need to just step out yeah. of your comfort zone and be alone. And like, I, yeah, I, I think Australia was that, that was that big step for us. Mm. Cause we had like so many people just like in a, not in like a serious way, but you had so many people leading up to the whole, literally up to the week of us flying out. They'd be like, oh, well, you're not going to go. Obviously, COVID came around. And it was just like, I even had those moments where you kind, you kind of felt like people like thrived off of you not going. Like almost to have that moment, like, oh, well, you said you were going to go. Yeah. You know, and now you're not. And like, I think COVID like exposed that with people that I come across in like my day-to-day -day life. It was just people would like, you, it was just weird. It was kind of like, they had like a bit of a thrill out of like flights being canceled and stuff. And I was just like, I don't want to. I don't want to be around this. Like, this mm. is not like my, this not like a, how I want my kind of days to, I don't want to spend my time mm. around that sort of like that vibe. Yeah. And same again though, like what you were saying about <laughs> like proving people wrong. Mm. It was those also those moments where I was like, well, I think they, just, they, they see it in themselves. Hey, if they're like, if you're not doing something that they also can't do, they're like, Oh, we both can't do it. Yeah. yeah. So then it's okay. Yeah, it's, and it's a whole, they only want your ceiling to be so high. 
but it, and at the same time, like super grateful for those people though, mm. you know, because that was, that was like what really I was like, I'm fucking going no matter what. Yeah. Like even if it cost me like everything I own, which wasn't much, but it was like, even if I've got to pay an extra so-and-so I'm going like yeah. just, just so I can sit on that plane and be like, Told so you. when, when, what, uh, what year was it that you actually came over? Was it 21? 2021, yeah. 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 Yeah, so we flew out in August and we flew from... Did you quarantine when you... Yeah, so yeah. we quarantined in Darwin. Oh, okay. In the, like, the, like, the workers' camps, essentially, yeah. was what it was. It was actually really cool. And it was actually, considering that we had joined a few Facebook groups and stuff like that, it was very... Um, Oh, like some of the stuff that you were reading, especially because Australia, like worldwide, was known as like the country. Like you are not getting into Australia. Yeah. Like not even Aussies. There had been like Aussies trying to get home for like a year, and no one was getting home. Yeah. And um, and then like like I said on this Facebook group, people were like, "Oh my god, it's obviously you've got all these like conspiracies and everything about it." They're like, "Is this is like a prison? There's security, there's police officers patrolling every night and every hour and all this sort of stuff." Honestly. I'm just going to say one of the best two weeks of my life definitely wasn't, but it was you still like, get something out of it. It yeah. was, yeah, honestly, I've never, it, it allowed us to go from like our real busy lives in England mm. and then like a real hectic month getting like ready to leave and like pack everything up, leave all of our family and friends. And it was just like a, a perfect two weeks to like a decompression almost. It was like the first time in my life I'd read a book like cover to cover. Yeah. And me and Leah, we had this like, we ha- we actually had separate rooms because they you weren't allowed to stay, but we shared like one block of two rooms. Yeah. So we had like a five meter by one point five meter little balcony outside, mm. and you were allowed outside on that, but you weren't allowed to take one foot off the step onto the concrete. Um, yeah, it was it it's was like strange. Yeah, it really strange, but it it really wasn't as bad as what people made out. No, I remember when I did it, it was quite like I had a comfy room, like yeah. lots of space. Like it was weird, but. One of the other things, it's like you might not ever get an opportunity yeah. to be locked. And I honestly wish going back that I did it differently. Like imagine just like no like no TV or no, or, yeah. or just try and learn something. Like imagine if you just focus Just use the weeks, time like yeah, really wisely. More wisely. And I like went into it with that intention and then <laughs> quickly went out the window. Yeah. I watched the whole Game of Thrones and just. But mate, that's productive in itself. It's, still, you know? it's just something cool. But I think it's just the fact that it's just like. If you if something if you know you have to do something like if there's no way around it mm. then you've just got to like fall into it yeah and like let go of this whole like oh this is fucked or this is whatever and it's horrible and like oh I'm in it now oh, 100%. so you might as well make the best out of a bad situation kind of thing mm. it was yeah it was just like looking back on it now it was like the probably the healthiest two weeks of food I've ever had in my life like easily was the food not that bad because mine wasn't that bad mine. like my we got three meals a day. And what it was is at 5 p.m., they would walk around and give you your hot dinner. Mm. So your dinner would be hot, but then they'd give you two cold meals for your breakfast and lunch. And that was always like, you know, fruit and yogurt and like chia pudding. It was great. Yeah, I was surprised. My food was really good as well. Yeah, like me and Leo came out of that like pretty healthy. I was like, I'm fat. I feel good. I was, I got, I got fat because <laughs> <laughs> I do, I do all, like uh, Uber Eats. Yeah, and then they'd yeah. give you food as well. Yeah, and then I'd be like, I hate wasting food, so I just eat all yeah, of it. Yeah, and I wasn't to waste it. And I wasn't doing a whole lot. <laughs> I got a, a guy actually sent me. Um, 
I feel pretty like I definitely feel loved because when I was in there, people was like sending me food and like guys sent me a um like a trainer bike that I could ride and Fair. yeah, people yeah, people were really nice actually. Yeah, that's so, so good. It was, it was pretty cool. I just got these like little care packages from different people <laughs> and stuff, and um, someone sent me like a you know a paint by number kind of thing. So yeah, nice. Paint by number. Like, it was it was kind of cool. Yeah, it, it was, was a it was a fun time. We met we met people. It was I can remember obviously after the first couple of days where you, you kind of just like in any new environment, you're kind of just like figuring out your way, aren't you? And yeah. like making your little area, like your nesting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then after a couple of days, cause me and Leo would get that. So they would come around and swab you at eight o'clock in the morning every day. Mm. So me and Leo were, were like waking up at like six, bearing in mind, obviously the, it was around July. So like the sun was coming up around like six anyway, it was quite warm in Darwin. And we would get up because it'd be so hot in the afternoon or like even basically by like nine o'clock, it was like hot for fresh out of England. Um, yeah, it's a big change. Yeah, we um, we were getting up and like exercising at like half six. So we'd, we'd go out and sit on the balcony, have a coffee, read, and then we'd train for an hour. And then by the time we'd finished training, they'd come and swab us. And then we'd literally just do nothing all day, just read and sit on the balcony and try mm. and get as much sun as possible. And um, yeah, it was just after a couple of days we started like that's when you then like start waving at people that were like across the road and stuff in their own little cubbies we were quite fortunate because i think everyone in our section was like relatively young and, and couples mm. um in like the same situation as me and leah but it'd be like vice versa so, like the guy would be an aussie or yeah yeah and um yeah i think like after like three or four days it become actually quite <laughs> like started to build like a little community of us all like locked up prisoners <laughs> But it was good fun. And like, we are, we're actually, we actually still speak to like some of them now. Mm. I can remember we, when we kind of, we had spent four months essentially in, in the NT and North WA. And then we actually went down to Perth and met up with a couple that were in there. It was really cool. Like great human, like unbelievable human beings. Just like two of the, like the nicest people we've ever met. Really? Yeah. Just like, just good hearted, great humans, you know? <laughs> It was just, and it so was just there's positives everywhere. If you like, if you look hard enough in any situations, you can pull positives out of it. <laughs> and like, I can, the reason we actually spoke to them, right, was on the last day when they, like, the, these guys, like the guys that worked at this quarantine center, was like, oh, you're actually allowed off your balcony now. So, like, are you, everyone's going to say bye. So, like, we kind of like all felt really weird taking a step off of our balcony and like out into the, the free world again. Mm. <laughs> And I can remember we kind of all just like, there must've been about 14 of us just like kind of like all coming together, came into like this circle in the middle of like all these huts. And we're thinking about it, it's actually nuts. <laughs> and um, yeah, we just, and I can remember the reason we spoke to them is because they had said that they, they had bought the Pajero that we wanted to buy. And then like, I messaged the person that morning on Facebook, like, oh man, I'm, I'm coming out of quarantine today. Like I'll come by your car and they're like, Oh, I sold. And it was actually to them. Like, Oh really? Yeah. It was crazy. And then like from all of that, it just sent like, that was like friend for life sort of thing. Like we speak to them all the time. True. Like she's, um, Lydia's actually pregnant. It was, yeah. <laughs> the world is so strange, you know? Yeah. How you meet people. Yeah. You crazy. meet people in the most odd scenarios, but. Like that, that whole journey, I would say the whole like first, the whole first two weeks in, just in Darwin alone was just crazy. Mm. Like I, I met people there on our, I think I was saying to you the other day, like I met, we met people on our first day at the campground. Bear in mind, me and Leah must have looked like the biggest idiots ever. Like we, I can remember we booked an Airbnb 
we quarantined. We booked an Airbnb in North Darwin. And it was like a nice Airbnb, but we had three days basically to get by a car or a van. Mm-hmm. Bear in mind, I've never, I don't know anything about cars, nor does Leah. Don't know anything about four by fours. We, I was literally just asking people on Facebook that I knew that had like been out here or like lived out here. And they were like, oh, you know, get this, get that. Like everyone's got this, everyone's got that. Ended up buying a 2001 Pajero off this like Eastern European guy in a car park for like 14, I can't remember how much, like it was a lot of money. And considering that the bank accounts, it takes up to 12 hours to transfer that much money. Mm. We had to transfer him it. He wrote, he, <laughs> oh, <it's> so daft. <laughs> he wrote us out a receipt on a piece of paper, just like hand, like I, you know, like all official, yeah. not, but not official at all. He could have just ran with the car and all of our money. Yeah. And he was like, I'm not giving you the car until I've obviously got the money. The money so he's like, yeah. I'll come back tomorrow if the money comes through. So I can remember like oh. me, I can remember like me and Leah in bed that night. We're like, oh my God, if he just doesn't show up if tomorrow. If he just does a runner with that. <laughs> Did so, you have like a photo of his license or like? Yeah. So like to be fair, li- yeah. Leah's, Leah's pretty savvy. I was just like trying to pretend that I knew what I was on about with cars and stuff, you know, like popping yeah. the bottom. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kick like, the tire. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. And I was just like, oh fuck. I can remember like Leah fell asleep that night and I was like, oh my God. If we wake up tomorrow and he's done us, like we're actually screwed. Oh, so he obviously came back with the car. He did, yeah. Like fair play to him. Um, and, and then, and then that was the kind of start because you guys, yeah. Like, so we bought it. So we had to check out of our Airbnb at ten a.m. and he was running late. So we were like sat outside of our Airbnb at like quarter to eleven, kicked out. Like cleaner was in there, like cleaning up already, and he was just like he rocked up and was just like, oh. I haven't got, I haven't bought the license papers, so can can we go back to mine? And it basically took us until like three o'clock in the afternoon to like make sure that we actually own the car legally. Yeah, and then <laughs> I can, <laughs> at least you got the car. Like I guess at yeah. this point it's still annoying. And it like, had it had one of the king's rooftop tents in it. Yeah, on top. Sorry, on top of it already. So the one of the fold out ones. Um, oh yeah. Just, I know, I know the pain. Like I hear it in your voice, just the. There's, the I mean, it's just like it. endless stories of that whole, the whole trip of living on the road, especially like the NT in North WA is just crazy. What's what's? The like, I wish thing we recorded you, it. What's the biggest thing you think you learned from doing that trip? Because you traveled obviously all around Oz. Yeah. What was the biggest thing you learned from? Uh, mainly about cars. <laughs> so like, just I I realized that in terms of like other than like gym and coaching, I'm just like the shittest bloke ever. <laughs> Like I, I work to your strengths, work to your strengths. Yeah. Yeah. I, I realized that when it comes to like being like a, a like an actual man, yeah, like, what's a- <laughs> yeah, true in this day and age, like, yeah. yeah, yeah. But in it's terms of like statement, hey? being like, being able to build stuff or like knowing like yeah. about cars or tools, everything. I was just like, oh, I don't have a clue. Yeah. Like, I didn't live that life in England at all. You just paid for someone to come and do it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I know I know the feeling because my family is very mechanically minded. Yeah. And I was kind of like the black sheep of the family, <laughs> which was funny because me and my brother, we always had this weird thing where he was jealous of me because I got kind of praised for being the good athlete. Mm. But he got praised because he was he he fitted in. Mm. Like he was the one that kind of was like my uncle, was like my grandpa, was like my dad, like knew how to pull engines apart, build them back up. And that was like so foreign to me. Yeah. So I was jealous of him for that. And he was jealous of me for that. So we're both jealous of each other for these two polar opposite things. And it's just like, 
it's not like we didn't like we we were loved either way, but it was just yeah, funny how we both you, were just you like, both wanted to be good at what you're good at. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but I thought it was because they would. It's funny sometimes I'd be with them and they're like open the bonnet and they're talking about all this stuff and I'm just sitting there. It's just because I didn't care. Like I really just didn't care. I didn't care about cars and I didn't care about becoming mechanically minded. And I and it was a lot of pressure on me like myself as a child because I thought that I had to do that. Yeah. Like for example, my dad, because he's an inventor, he invented a sawmill and sold that around the world and built our house from scratch as a kid. Yeah. He built, when I was like 12 or 13, like I watched him build a helicopter out of boxes from scratch <laughs> and then learn how to fly it as he built it. So it was a positive because it showed me that like anything's kind of possible and yeah. if you put your mind to it, you can achieve something. But it also put into my mind that I've got to build my own house. I've got to, like, it, it made me feel like, I, and I didn't want to build my own house. And, and like, for example, my brother built his own house. Yeah. Like he got help with certain things, but it was him. He, was, did, yeah, he, he did He it. was the mom of the plan. Exactly. And I looked at that and I'm just like, I'm going to have to build my own house. And I really don't want, <laughs> I really don't want to. And that whole thing comes back where I'm like, I'm just going to focus what I'm good at. Like yeah. I'd rather focus on riding a bike, get good enough at that, that I'll make enough money. I'll pay someone else to build yeah, it. Yeah, like, yeah, for sure. And I remember when that kind of penny dropped and I was like, I need to build my own house. I'm just going to buy my own house because I make <laughs> enough money doing this. And it was just, it was a nice feeling to kind of have that realization. But yeah. Like you said, you're just like, it's not your thing. Yeah. It doesn't have to be your thing. But I, I think I grew like a massive appreciation for that. Like that's what I've grown. Like my, just like my basic knowledge. Cause mm. like I'm, this is so embarrassing to admit, but I honestly wouldn't have even known how to, I knew like, I knew I'd like check a dipstick and stuff, but yeah. I wouldn't be com like if I actually pulled it out and something was bad or if I popped There's the engine on, and on it. I have no idea what would be wrong with it. Yeah. Like no idea. And then you, we like traveled on the road with like, we had a good little convoy throughout like pretty much all of it. You know, people would go here and new people would join. Mm. But I would say like in the first kind of, in the first like three months, that kind of group that we were with, was like the solid group throughout all of it. We had like a core group. And like I said, you had people come and go. And um, How'd you find that group of people? Like how did that start? Well, we've actually, we speak to them, I wouldn't say like every day or like every week, but we speak to them often, just like catch up. Mm. And we, I think we all say, whenever we kind of like meet up and we have drinks, like we went down and seen... I like that's a whole story in itself. Like one of the couples that we met right in Darwin, like we ended up staying with their parents in Geelong for ten days. It was like so you can't, you met when you're in quarantine and said, "Hey, like no, like we met them. Um, they they came into the caravan park in Darwin. Like so, I had met so me and Leah rocked up at this caravan park. We had bought that car at three o'clock in the afternoon. We then went to four four wheel drive supercenter and just bought like a thousand dollars worth of stuff that we thought we might need. Like had no idea. I bought like spotlights and an awning and all. I, I have no idea. I have no idea why we done it anyway. And then I can remember we rocked up at this caravan park. We'd done like three laps of the whole caravan park. Cause we were like, we paid for electric because I thought if you pay for electric at caravan park, it meant you get like a plug socket for like your phone and stuff. Yeah, but it's obviously for like caravans to like lock, to like clock in their yeah. whole unit. Well, you can still plug your phone into essentially, it, yeah. It's like <laughs> but I bought it like, oh yeah, it means you get like a plug and stuff. Surely. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we've done like three laps. I've, we've then like pulled into this like space that it looked like there was like people our own age sort of thing, and but like pretty chilled. 
we pulled up and it was um that woman who I said we met the other like the other day. So it ended up being Jack Bolt's mum. In, like after we had found out um kim like same again just amazing human being you know just just cool super chilled and then we met this guy uh dan who we ended up pretty much doing all of our trip all the way around to esperance which no margaret river sorry which we ended up leaving and they stayed yeah so I, we spent like six months with him um and you met him straight away met him on the first day yeah, yeah. and and then you'll the, do come on let's go <laughs> yeah. well, I, I'm not joking one and done there was a there was another couple Luke and El, uh, Eloise like same again just great humans they were on their own little like journey they came up through the middle from SA mm. that's how they met Dad. it was all like we kind of just like slotted into that group mm. and then yeah like we travelled down into Uluru with Kim we then left her in Uluru. We came back up, met up with Dan and then like our group kind of just like grew when we were in Broome because Broome was just like a real like hectic four weeks of partying and mm. just messy, like real messy. Um, but yeah, it was, we we say all the time, whenever we kind of speak and on the odd occasion we've like met up with certain people, we always just say it's like really fortunate that it must have just been like a real sweet spot that all of us are quite outgoing people. Mm. All of us are quite good, like good humans. And mm. not saying I'm, I don't want to sound like I'm praising nah, myself, you but don't. you know what I mean? I get what you mean. I get what you mean. Like they're just good people. Yeah. Um, Got good morals. We all respected that it was nice to be with each other, not being on your own. But mm. we also respected that when we wanted, everyone understood the, everyone understood the assignment. It's like the best way of summing they it up. I could read the room. Yeah, like everyone was just like, if you were, just, if me and Leo were just like, oh, we're gonna go, we're gonna go grab some food. It, you wouldn't have people like, oh, yeah, like we'll come. Yeah, like yeah, that's a hard thing. It is hard. It is hard. Yeah, like it's, it, that was like, we, and we say that all the time. Like we're so grateful that everyone, everyone just got it, and it was yeah. like a real sweet spot of like three months where we just like partied hard. Mm. We done a lot of exploring, a lot of like free camping and stuff. You know, just doing it was it was amazing. It was like the Coming from England, never been to like never been to Australia, never been to Australia. Sorry, flying into Darwin, I was just I can remember like we were on the plane, we got on the bus, and like driving us to quarantine. Obviously, like we had just left a really nice, comfortable life in England. Like I said, like we were, it was either like come, come to us or like start thinking about buying a house and settling down. I had like a really my job was like the best job ever, mm. and I was just like, oh my fucking god, what have I done? Like you try, it was like we kind of went back like four years in time, and I was like, it was just like space, like so much space. Yeah, and I was just like, oh fuck, like we fucked. Up. How's this gonna go? <laughs> but I think you need that. You need to be in that situation where it's like the unknown, and you're you're in it, and it's like you kind of sink or swim at that point, and it's like, <laughs> yeah, you've we got had, no other choice. <laughs> yeah, but like, look how it turned out, and like, and honestly, yeah. like you said on the on the first day you met these people that then became such a like crucial part in that in your life at that point yeah and you got to travel with and explore and do all that and it's just i just and yeah and it was i just don't even I, it was weird it was like it's those sort of things in life where i'm just like it makes you so grateful you know like those people that we met like dan like i said like the first day we met him and he cut Granted, they definitely probably took the piss out of us behind our backs for the first couple of days, just like who the hell are these like yeah, two where monkeys? Where have they come from? Like who are these two monkeys? 
but like you know we end, like we ended up meeting like his family and stuff like that you know and like going out for food and when we then finally got round to Adelaide, which is like where he was from, like we went round and had pizza with his mum and dad and he wasn't there. He was still in like yeah. WA, you know? Yeah. It was just like, it was, it was so crazy. And then Kim and Ned was like another couple that we met. Same again. They were in that caravan park. They came in about a week into us being in that caravan park. They rocked up with like two other cars. Mm. And then over like a couple, <laughs> I can remember for like three days straight, these three lads that rocked up in, the, in these land cruisers were like, had their heads in the bonnets and were like pulling these cars apart just like in the middle of this caravan park. And I can remember all of us, like we had had it, like we had built this like little, like tranquil little area for us. Yeah. And then these like three just rocked up. Absolute like, I wouldn't, I don't want to say motorheads, but it was just like head in the <laughs> engine. Lot. Like, it was a lot. And you're like, what are these lot up to, you know? <laughs> and then like one morning, two of them just got off and like they went on their own way. And then Ned and Kim stayed with us for like, and then they ended up being part of our group and we were with them in Broome and Exmouth. And and then that, so same again, we were like coming across the Nullarbor and I remember we were in like SA, got into like Mount Gambia. So coming into like Victoria at that point. Mm. And then I can remember like we got a message from Ned and was like, oh mate, I've spoke to my mum and dad and they've just said like, if you fancy like a night in a house for a couple of nights, like you go there. Yeah. Ended up, same again, just like unbelievable humans, just like good human beings, you know? Mm. We were there for like two days. They like cooked us dinner and they were like, oh, there's no point. Um, there's no point like you driving into Melbourne and like that you're not going to find anywhere to stay. You can just like stay here and just catch the training and everything. Mm. And we were just like, what? Yeah. It's, I think it's like what you put out and it comes back if you're like, yeah. It's like the whole like your vibe attracts your drive and you actually realize they are really good. Yeah, Caring like really people. good humans, like just willing to help. Mm. And it was like, yeah, it was I, just those moments and those people. Where I'm just like, Fuck, like you got to pinch yourself. Eh? The world's so good. Yeah. Like the, I think everything, I think it's so easy to think that like people in the world is like doomed and really like dark and horrible, but it's, it's really not. You get glimpses of people like general, gen, like just gen, genuine kindness, like yeah. really just genuine, like helping you because they want to <laughs> help you. Yeah, and it was just like, yeah, I'm so grateful for those people. I think as well, like you said before, when you're going, like people will come and go. And I think that, again, is just like a really good thing to relate back to life. Mm. It's like people are going to come into your life and have a, play a really big role. And then it's like when you go on an adventure like that, I compare it to like when I go to like a, a music festival or something and it's like it's its own thing, but people will come and go and you have these really cool experiences. And it's like, you don't want to hold on too tight because it's like, if they're meant to stay, they'll stay. Mm. If they're not meant to stay, they'll go. Don't get, yeah. Don't not get like too hooked up on stuff. Don't start. get too caught up. Yeah. It's yeah. like, if someone's with you, it's like, it's because they should be with you at that point. And if yeah. they're not, don't get so caught up and like understand that they're living their life and they're going after what they want to go after. And if it is right, they'll probably come back. If it's not, they won't. Yeah. Just being okay with that. Like when I, went to falls over um, New Year's. I went by myself and I was just kind of forced to meet people and be in like new groups. And mm. the people that were camping next to me, I think they kind of in a weird way, like wanted to like not save me, but like they were like, oh, this guy's come here alone. He's probably really lonely <laughs> and all this. So this, the guy, they, they were quite friendly and they came over and the guy's like, oh, like come hang out with us. And I was like, I'll come hang out with you. So I went over and hung out with them. Like I want to go for a swim in these pools. So I went and went for a swim in the pools, hung out with them. And then we were leaving. I'm like, all right, I'm going to go and get some food. And they're like, oh, you're not going to come back to the camp? And I was like, 
no, nah, I'm just going to get some food. So yeah. I left and went and got some food, chilled on the hill by myself, um, met up with some other people, went on this new other adventure with these other people. And then when I went back to the campsite, their kind of mood had changed. Yeah. And I think they thought that I like didn't want to hang out with them <laughs> because I didn't go back with them. And it was just that funny thing. It's just like. Don't take it personally. Exactly, exactly. It's like just because I'm not doing what you want, like why does that suddenly now you have this different opinion of me or like you've yeah. altered your your mood towards me. And I just felt it was like it's so interesting because in real life that happens. Like if you're not spending as much time with someone as you used to, mm. they suddenly put up this wall and they're like yeah, they feel they feel rejected. Mm. And it's just like, man, like we're all living life. We're all on our own path. And if I don't have as much time for you, it's because I'm living my life. It's not because I have anything against you. Yeah. But I always like think it's like the more attractive you can make yourself by doing more positive, uplifting things, the more people are, are going to be attracted yeah, to that. they're just drawn to you. Yeah, yeah, you're going to become more magnetic in that sense. So it's like instead of getting upset about what the other person is doing, make yourself more attractive. Yeah, and that's just should, put more more focus on yourself. Exactly. Yeah. And if you're like that, then more people are, wanting, are going to want to be around you. I, yeah and I think like just that's like growing up as well it like maturing a lot isn't mm. it it's like everyone just gets busy yeah <laughs> like you just get busy with life and it, it, it doesn't even it doesn't matter same again this is like the like being raised to just be honest mm. I think that was I think one that's like why me and Leah just get on so well and I think that's also why in that situation that we were in in terms of like living on the road and being in that group we were just honest as well like we said from the off it was like look, you spend too much time with anyone and mm. like me and Leah are like prime example. You spend too much time. With, it doesn't matter how much you like that person. Like mm. they're going to piss you off. Yeah. And like you, you, it's just better to just notice when you're pissing each other off mm. in a, like a friend situation, just hit yourself away from them. Yeah. And you'll, you'll be grateful for it. Obviously it's quite hard when me and Leah literally like lived in the car next to each other for like 10 months. Yeah. So you still would, need like, you can go for walks, you can go, yeah. Like, there's, yeah. There was some, yeah. And there's moments where it would like really blow up mm. but, and it'd be really funny because like we would have people that we like lived on the road with and they'd be like, you two are so good. Like you, you and it's like, no, trust me. Like yeah. we argue. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and like there was arguments that we would have and you're just, you're just driving like 110 down the, like down like this straight 15 kilometer straight road in North WA and just like full blown argument with yeah. each other. <laughs> About pointless, like it's so it's pointless. Shit, yeah, it's just where you're like literally just sick of each other, yeah. you know. Like, <laughs> do, you but, have, do you have any siblings? Uh, yeah, all younger, obviously, younger. My mum being 14, yeah. Um, my sisters, I'm pretty com I did, really didn't want to get it wrong, but I'm pretty confident my sister's 22, yeah. Um, she's in uni studying drama. Um, she's a, she's a fucking legend. Did you like have? Not really, no. Like, I didn't really bicker or like fall out with anyone. Was the age gap? It was the age gap. It probably would have helped. A yeah, bit. I think you would have matured outside of that. Like, with me and my brother are two years apart, and just clash. Oh man, like we couldn't <laughs> live together. And then as soon as he moved out of home, best friends. Yeah. And from that point on, we've been best friends. I think I actually think that, funnily enough, was the same with my stepdad. Yeah. I had I had that same relationship with my stepdad, so I. It's not that I didn't get on with him. He was just super strict, mm. which growing up, being like a massive smart ass that like I was and like still am a bit, <laughs> I really clashed with him, you know? Yeah. But like as I grew older and I realized that he was just a young boy as well, essentially at the same time, you know, especially yeah. like I'm not his actual son. So there's like, there's so much like depth and complexity to it already. Yeah. But he was so strict, like so strict. And 
I really, that really grinded on me because I was so like conscious and aware of like my surroundings and my life and the world at such a young age. I just, yeah, I think that added to like the kind of like hard done by like story you were telling yourself. Yeah. Yeah, And, but I literally remember the day I moved out, I moved out when I was the day I turned 15 or 16, I got a job at top man, like this retail store moved into my nans. And like from that day, I just got on with him. Yeah. Cause I was just like, it was just like too. It changes the dynamic completely. Yeah. It's so like, I, I couldn't believe that like we would fall like, pun- like punch ons and like, <laughs> like, like it was, he's like one time, <laughs> one time he, um, we were fighting about something. I can't remember what exactly. And he was a lot bigger than me. He'd always win fights and stuff. <laughs> and sometimes he'd do stuff like we'd go back and forth and we'd both push each other. Like we knew how to piss each other off. But anyway, he'd done something to me and he really pissed me off. And he would just like go in his room and shut his door and sit, sit up against his door. So I couldn't open the door. So I'm just there yelling at a door. Anyway, he was really into cars and stuff. So he had this, um, he had these like old custom number plates that someone had gotten him or he'd gotten. Anyway, I just took the number plate <laughs> off the door, went around his window so he could see me, got a hammer and just started hitting this number plate. Oh man, it like... It set him off. He ran outside. I could run a lot faster than him. That was my like one strength that I had. I like I had speed, he had strength. Anyway, he'd picked up a um like a little tomahawk, like a little axe. Yeah. And I just remember running away from him and I just see this <laughs> axe fly over the top of my head. And I was like, Whoa. Like, you know, when it's like there's a line that kind of gets crossed. I'm yeah. like, you actually threw like a weapon at me, like a proper like, if it had hit me, you'd be dead. Or Poss- you'd be in hospital. Po- yeah, hos- po- like back of the head, axe, like full thrown. Like, <laughs> and I remember just like, <laughs> I think even after that, I was like, he was, we were both like angry and scared, but we were, I was like, man, that's too much. And I think he kind of realized, he was like, I can't remember exactly where it went after that, but I was just like, that, I, ne- I never got an axe thrown at me again. That was the line. That was, yeah, <laughs> we, we'd cross something at that you point. You both off. were like quite aware from that. Any fight after that, you'd be like, right. No weapons, no don't, weapons. Don't get yeah. the axe out, yeah. But it was kind of, it was, yeah, it's kind of like, it was in a good way to kind of be humbled like a lot. It's like, you get, like, I think everyone needs to get beat up at some point. Yeah, gotcha. Like, just get your shit in line. Yeah. Because I think a lot of people go through life not thinking it's yeah. ever going to happen. Yeah, gotcha. I think if you can go through it as a kid, it's a lot. Yeah, it just gets it out of the way. Gets it out of the way. But like, literally, <laughs> like, talk shit and some people just don't. Yeah, like, not. you see people that are smart asses and you do it to the wrong person. They don't care. Yeah. They don't care about the repercussions and, that was definitely a humbling experience <laughs> as, a, as a young kid. Like, yeah, it taught you to think twice. Yeah, exactly. But, and like, yeah, I got beat up a lot. <laughs> Most of it, honestly, probably provoked a lot by me. Sometimes yeah, not, but brothers, brothers, That's just how yeah. it is, isn't it? Yeah. But yeah, I, I think the age, I, I mean, my younger brothers now are same again. I don't want to get this wrong. I think they're <laughs> 17 and 16. Um, they're at that age now that where they just, I, if I obviously I haven't been home in a, a while, but like when I go around now, they're at that age where they're just like, they'll try and push my buttons. Yeah. You know, they're just trying to like, they're testing the waters. Testing where it's at. like that kind of like hierarchy sort of. Yeah. So like now they're at that age, but it is that stage where I'm like too nice. I'm not too nice, but like I'm nice, but I'm just like, right, leave me alone. Yeah. Rather I'm than just biting into this. Rather than just be like an actual like brother and just like, be horrible just kidney shot yeah 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 just be like just be like a savage then nah I can't yeah. so I kind of let them have their way but I've always I think my siblings I've always just had that mind that like mindset that I just want to be like the 
best role model I can to them. Mm. I think with, um, well, yeah, I think I, I grew up like really close with my sister, Kali. Mm. She's like, she's a legend. Like she's an absolute fruit loop. Just funny. <laughs> just <laughs> I like that. It took a turn. Yeah. She's, <laughs> she's just a legend fruit loop as well. Yeah. She, she is a legend, but she's just funny. <laughs> like she's yeah. just like, if you were to go, if she, she's the sort of person that can just make everyone laugh. Yeah. Whether or not she's like intentionally meaning to make people laugh, you know, she's yeah, just, just one of those people. That she's just, just yeah. nuts. Yeah. And, um, what do you think makes a good role model in your eyes? Oh, it's a tough one. I've actually got like a, one of like my side, I've, I've like pushed it on the back burner for now. I started it on the road and it was called the role model club. Mm. And that was like a whole thing. I still want to grow it and like have that as like a, my, I say, I don't really know what I want it to be, but I want it to be something. Yeah. And it was all about just like how to, how to be like the best role model to the world essentially. But like more importantly to like, before you go and like try and save the world, try and be a role model to like your your inner circle sort of thing. Yeah. And I I I've got like a whole manifesto on my like iPad of all this sort of stuff. Is obviously I'm not now gonna be be able to remember any of it. Um <laughs> Well what would be your like your core values you'd want you'd want a role model to have in your eyes? Like what would you look for in a role model? I think you have to have you have to like a leader is like the the number one. You have to be a leader. You have to like lead by example mm. everything that you you have to like practice what you preach you have to have yeah yeah it is lead by example like that sums it all up that comes back to before when you said you, you're trying to just do more mm. and say less kind of thing because mm. that was a part of like um when i when obviously we got in contact the night before i started training with you i remember just seeing what you were doing and obviously like that was something I was like, all right, you're getting after it. Yeah. That's motivating for me to want to get after it. And it's kind of showing like proofs in the pudding kind of thing yeah. where I've seen coaches that like, I'm like, I don't, I don't want to be working harder than kind of my coach would be working. Yeah. It's kind of like, obviously depending on if you're, your coach is 15 yeah, or 16 yeah. and you're a bo- like, there's, Depends there's, what they coach and yeah, what it, their speciality is. It and, comes, yeah. But if you look at their past, I'm like, okay, they were a world champion boxer or whatever. But like in a certain point, like I want someone it's hard to get pushed by someone that you know doesn't push themselves to that same oh, yeah. extent. You have to respect them. Mm. Like you have to have that element of respect where you're just like, like, uh, yeah, yeah. Like I, I want to be like you. Yeah. You know, you can't like what you said. You can't have someone where you like you're turning up and you're outworking them and you're you're doing more than that person. You know. Yeah. It doesn't really make sense then. It's like I'm, yeah. I'm paying you to make me fitter, but then I'm fit like. Yeah. It's a weird, yeah. A, a big, and like another big push for me on that kind of like the role model club that I had was, um, I was in like a real kind of like climate fixation at the time as well. So it was all about just like being the sort of person that the world needs you to be also. So not just like who your family needs you to be. It was just like, I'm not talking about going like far and wide to do everything you possibly can to be sustainable and everything. But it was just like, it still blows my mind that people will like walk past bins and just like will put their Coca-Cola bottle in there, you know, just like hold it for another like 30 meters down the road. There's a, there's a recycling bin. Just yeah. Put it in the bin. Yeah. And it was like, it was all, it was just all not conscious of like what you're doing. Yeah. And like that kind of stuff, like that was, that was the other side of that role model club that when I was like originally getting it down, all my ideas kind of are like brain farts. I call them just like brain farting everything down and putting on Instagram. That was like, 
I think that was probably actually a side that I deterred into that I shouldn't have. I should have made it still more about you as an individual and how you can have an impact. But then at the same time, it's hard. It's, it's tricky because it's like, I think at the base of it all, it's like if you change yourself and start to learn the the key steps to changing yourself, that kind of comes along with it. Because mm. it's like, I always say to people, like in the sense of being an athlete, it's like, if you want to be a good athlete, you just got to start with being a good person. Yeah. It's like that should be the basis. Yeah, athlete comes after that. Yeah, it's like you need it. It does. Yeah, and I think I think that was why it was so easy with that with the role model club. Why it was so easy because I'm so passionate about people training and strength training in particular. Because training, you know, is an umbrella that covers a lot of things. Mm. Um, and deep down, I don't care what you do. Like, I don't care what form of exercise you do. If you're doing, if it's compared to nothing. I don't care what you do. I don't care if you walk for 40 minutes a day and that's what you're doing. Like mm. that's better than nothing. And I'm genuinely like, I'm proud. Not in, I don't want that to sound like sarcastic, but no, like if you're I'm doing something. Like, I'm proud of you, you know, yeah. like fair play to you. Like it's, it's hard. Like I was saying, like in life, when you are just juggling all the balls of life all the time, like even adding that's hard. So like fair play to you for getting out and doing it. Mm. Um, I think people get discouraged as well when they see people. Like you can go two ways. You see someone getting after it and lifting stupid amounts of weight and you can be motivated to do that or you can be completely discouraged and be like, well, I'm never going to get there, so what's the point? Yeah. So that's the thing. It's like just just do a little bit. That's, yeah. that's still enough. And I Yeah. And then that's where I kind of – I personally believe that in terms of like strength, like actual strength training and, and strength training like properly to be functional and dynamic and – athletic in a sense but not like not in the sense of like an elite athlete just an athletic human mm. for everyday life um that's where i i think like my passion kinds of kind of lies in the sense of just i know how beneficial that is because for me personally i wasn't dynamic i wasn't very athletic mm. i've had to work really hard to be and i'm not also saying this like i'm actually any good because <laughs> but I, i've worked really hard i get, and I, I get the process of yeah. I get the process of being really shit stuff. Yeah. I enjoy, but I, and I get that people really hate that. I, but I really enjoy that. Mm. But I almost then think that I have that might, I have that like thought where it almost makes you more useful in a way, because it's like, if you were like genet genetically powerful or strong or like you didn't have to work for it. Yeah. I think it'd be harder to then put that across to people to be like, I sucked. I got better. I'm not special. Yeah. You can do the same. Oh yeah, God yeah. Like I get I get friends from like who I grew up with who would be, you know, they'd be like, oh, I'd love to come to the gym, but it's you know it's easy for you because you're like strong as fuck and you're like or like you're fit and all this sort of stuff and you're just like, hey, we played like football with each other or rugby and you bully me mm. like you're way fitter than me. Mm. The difference is is that I've just done it every single day or like absolute minimum of five days a week for the last probably 15 years of my life. Yeah. And like as discouraging as that might then be to someone like that, where they're like, oh, well, if if we're talking like the same age as me, like we're nearly 30, like, oh, well, what's the point? Yeah. It's like, well, imagine how fit and strong you could be when you're 45. I was just going to say as well, imagine how much longer you can live. Imagine how much more time you can spend yeah. with your children. Imagine how much time you can spend with your grandchildren. Imagine how much healthier you feel. Imagine how much better your sex would yeah, feel. Yeah, yeah. Like just the, everything. Like everything gets Life better. feels better. Yeah. Like you, the stronger, and so like touching on what I was saying, like I, that's where I, I firmly believe that in terms of like strength training, strength training makes everything better. Mm. If you, if you like running, the stronger you are, the better you're going to be at running. Mm. 
you know, but if the better you are at running doesn't make you strong. Mm. I've, I've worked with, I've like rehabbed runners, like marathon runners, ultras, halves, terrible mobility, you know, and it's all well and good. Like they're good at running and granted that might be why they're good at it because they're so stiff. Mm. They would be better if they were stronger. Mm. Like it, but being better at running isn't going to make them stronger. Or mm. and I just feel like strength is the strength training is the core of making everything better. Mm. Whatever your choice, like whatever your preference is in sport, or you say strength and mobility. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. But strength is mobility also, which is like a, a like if you if you are like on the actual pursuit of good like true strength so like squat squatting like ass to grass good mobility deadlifting properly full rep like full range of movement in all of your exercises that's mobility mm. you know i think and like people that's probably a good way to kind of try it try and explain it mm. you know um because i remember when i first started talking to you about training um and i, and I think you were just like oh what why do you want to and I was just like, obviously you're like, you think riding, but like my big thing was confidence. Mm. Like I want to get fit and healthy because I know when I'm fit and healthy, I'm more confident. Mm. And when you've got confidence, that's when like you say life flows better. Yeah. Like when I'm confident, I ride better. So that's like, it comes from that. When I'm confident, my relationships are better. When I'm confident, my family times, but like I can, I can do more. I'm like, I'm just happier, healthier person. Your, your that mental health is better. Everything. And that all stems from the confidence. So it's like, once you like, I think I used to go into it where like, I just want to get, fit and healthy for bike riding. Mm. And then as soon as the season was done, I was like, well, I don't need to be fit and healthy now. I can just be fat and lazy. <laughs> yeah. And then my confidence went and I was just like, yeah. I don't like this. This is shit. Yeah. And that was this like cycle that I got stuck in. Mm. And then I think once you get to that point of like, oh no, I want to be confident all year round. And once you realize what you're, what like the why behind that, then I think it's like, like, I'm, I'm, like I don't, I think I used to really hate training because I just felt like it was just for riding. And yeah. now where I'm just like, no, I'm training for myself. It's like, you just want to be, at, you want to be strong. You want to be, be the best version of yourself yeah. really. And it's just like, that comes from doing that. And mm. I think once you put yourself in that point of like suffering and like really suffering, then God, yeah. that will impact the rest of your life in such a positive way, whether it be business, relationships, friendship, and it just makes your day seem easier. Yeah, like when, you, when you suffer first thing in the morning, like yeah. really suffer. And then, someone pisses you off. It yeah, doesn't matter as yeah, much. You're yeah, like, eh. yeah. I remember even when like I came in um, to never quit one of like the first Saturdays or something. And there's like, there's just beautiful people everywhere. Like, everyone's just gorgeous and good looking. And, and you're <laughs> like, not like you're nervous, but you're just like, Oh shit. Like there's some good looking people. The energy's high. Yeah. And like the, the, the like kind of everyone you're, you're there to work hard and you're mm. that you can't be the person in this shit no exactly and you then know? by the end of it when you're fucked you're just like laying there on the ground just like you don't <laughs> you don't care about anything or like anyone you're and everyone like, else is in the same boat yeah exactly everyone's <laughs> getting after it and it's just like it just the it's hard to worry about anything when you're that wrecked <laughs> so yeah 100% and I think that was um, that's what I've really enjoyed so far I think I've always before Australia and like before settling here and getting back into coaching and never quit. I think I was, this kind of touches back on about what I was saying in terms of like, just do the minimum. Like people are so obsessed about like wrecking their body going hard all the time and, but they don't do the minimum, you know? And I think for years I really pushed on that about like, just walk, just get out and walk every day. Mm. But whereas now I think here where that, that environment of like you're grafting every day, you know, like, like I was saying, like people come to that gym 
they train so hard at like 5 a.m., 6, and obviously everyone trains hard at whatever time our classes are on. But like, there's people rocking up at like 5 a.m., like they're gassing hard, you know? Mm. And they're like literally crawling out of that gym at 6 a.m. They're yeah. getting up, going, having a shower, and then going and living their life, like working nine hours, mm. juggling a family, kids. And you're just like, that, I think that was, that's been a big change for me in the sense of like where I'm now, where I was a bit more like, just do the minimum. Like you don't need to gas. I'm now a bit more like, no, you need fucking yeah. hard. For just for you. Yeah. For like you, you yeah. like don't, I, I've moved away from that, so, that sort of mindset where it's like, oh, you know, like, yeah, fair. I get it. Like life can be that, you know. That just comes back at the built-in excuse kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and whereas you're just now. cheating yourself. <laughs> whereas now I'm just like, don't care. Just do it. Yeah. Just like stop moaning about it. Get on with it. Like you, you choose how you want to live your life. Mm. Choose the like, make the right decision, make the right choices every day. Cause you know, like this always comes back to, you know, you're hundred percent. Yeah. Like you don't know my hundred percent. No one else in that gym knows my hundred percent. So it's like, it only matters what I put out. Mm. And as soon as you put that out, that's just like, all right, where will we need to be? Yeah. Like I said the other day, when we did the workout, I'm in the ground like vomiting. And I was just like, this is where I need to be. Like, I remember it's so weird to be like in such a state state of just like, I can't even stand up without vomiting. And I'm literally like curled around a toilet and I'm just like, yep, we're in the right place. Like, it's a weird. Yeah. I, weird I mean, I don't like to push everyone to that point, but. It was kind of like the timing of like coming. It was put, it was a, it was a necessary moment, I think. Well, I think just to, just to see where I was at and also just the fact I'd come out, like my body wasn't in the best yeah. physical point. I think we kind of went, we both went into that session a bit. Like I was a bit like, oh, I really want to push him, but I don't want to push him too much. And I think you kind of came into it of just being like, I want to see like my actual, yeah, like my actual limit. Yeah. And I can, yeah. And that was, I think another thing was, I guess part of me was like, I want to show you how like committed, committed to it. Yeah. It's like, cause that's the thing. It's even when you said to me, Oh, that's going to be the hardest one. And I was like, I hope not. Like I don't think it's like, I, yeah, I, I know what I you mean. I, yeah, I don't it's, want to. It's the hardest one in terms of like, you're going to be in the pits. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to, I, I'm not, uh, like I said, I don't, I don't really, I think some trainers just get, I, what it is, I think about pushing people to those limits is I don't like doing it often because it's actually quite easy to push someone to that point in the sense of like, if they're willing to, no, sorry, not in the sense of they're willing, but you can just like put someone on an assault bike and to be like, right, you're going to do 30 seconds on, 30 seconds off as hard yeah. as you can yeah. five times. Yeah. They're going to end up in the bin. Yeah. But even that, it's like, I feel like I know the point where I'm like, <laughs> okay, if I keep going like this, like you kind of get to that point where you're like, I, I got no more kind of, <laughs> kind of thing. I but, know you can't, yeah, there's ways to like. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so like, that's why I kind of like, I don't, I don't like, I do shy away from like putting certain people like that. Mm. But I think that like we were saying, like, I think that was just that sweet spot with that first session where it was like, that workout that I gave you at the end, like that was mentally a slog. Mm. The, what made it really disgusting and like it definitely caught up with you like 10 minutes after you finished was the bike sprints. Yeah. Because that was just pumping your legs up so, yeah. so quick. But then I also think the workout we did last time almost felt harder in a way. <laughs> like I felt almost more like gas. Gas. Yeah. yeah. Like I remember when it was like we're halfway, like we had five rounds. And I think on the third <laughs> round, I was like, whoa. Yeah. That's what I said to you afterwards. It's like, that's. I get, I, for me personally, that's the whole reason you get a coach is for that that last ten minutes of a session. Yeah, to when push it's like, you. yeah, like I don't want to be anywhere else right now. Yeah. And I know if I was doing this um, by myself, yeah. I just won't push myself to that same level yeah. of that. 
the excuses come in, you yeah. know, like even I'm the same. Like I think even all, you know, all coaches, I think everyone's the same. If you've got like, uh, like I said, the excuses just creep in. Oh, I, oh, actually I need to be here. I need to be yeah. like, oh, I could do with an extra 10 minutes actually to get this done. Like if you're in, you're in. And like, if someone's telling you what to do, mm. you're in. It's so fascinating though. I find it really intriguing that if someone's watching me, I'll give more. Yeah. And I understand myself enough to put myself in those situations. Like the Saturday class when four people are there watching, it's like, all right, people are watching me, I'm going to go hard. You can't slack. Exactly. But then I, like, I kind of compared it to when I'm racing, mm. people are watching me. Like I won't push myself that hard if I wasn't. Like when I go over to Europe and I'm on like Red Bull TV and like the world's watching, like <laughs> I'll find an extra gear because that, I know it's like- The adrenaline's there, man. Yeah. If no one's watching though, it's just like- oh, You can just cruise. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But it's like, I think- it's knowing yourself enough to, if that's the case, because I know some people, like there's people out there that don't, don't need anyone and they'll put themselves yeah, the ground. Yeah, they're definitely. I think people, I think everyone, not everyone, but I also think people go through phases where they don't need anyone. Mm. You kind of have moments where you're, you're so like internally on a journey that mm. like I, I have those moments where I'm just, I, I think I, I'm probably in that phase now. Where I'm just like, I'm training so hard. Yeah. I'm yeah, training the summer. hardest like I've ever but trained. But do you think if you were training like the hardest and then just say there was someone there going, you got another one, you got another one. Like that's the thing. It's just like, yeah, or like, I, or like that's what I mean. It's like, if I just say I rocked up and you were doing your set and like, you just finished me like, I reckon you couldn't do another five. Like that's when. Yeah. You, you definitely. It's, I know. You, I do know what you mean though. Cause sometimes I've, I've had similar mindset. I think it's hard to stay consistent with it because I think every now and again, you get to that point where you're like, all right, like I need a bit more of a push. But like sometimes when like, I'll be on a road bike by myself and you're doing like, I think I need to, what I need to do is like almost write it down. Like if I, if I put in my phone or something, all right, we're going, you've got a goal, a 50 K ride and we're going to do 10 sprints at 30 seconds. Like if I write that down, okay, we're doing it. Yeah. And I will do that too. Cause you'll hate to go back to that piece of paper. And be like, oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I but that. I like, I need, I need some kind of accountability <laughs> put in place before I start. Yeah. Like if you're just, just say you go to the gym and you're like, Oh, I'm kind of going to do this and that. And you kind of don't really have it planned out. It's so easy to slip. Like you get a phone yeah. call. Oh, dinner's ready. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Like it's you're like, yeah. Like, yeah. There's just like the excuses are so easy to just like latch on latch to. Cause it's going to yeah. be hard. Yeah. So like whatever you're going to like deter away from, you know, that's re that's going to suck so bad. Mm. Like it's going to suck ass, mm. but you know that like, Oh, actually, yeah, I need to grab some food for lunch or dinner. And oh, I said, I'd do this for someone. And you know, yeah, it's so like your brain, your brain's so clever and like so crafty, you know, pulls you out of it. <laughs> yeah. Dave, David Goggins has a thing that um, <laughs> I've done it once before and it was actually quite funny. Um, if you want to do something and you've made a plan and then just say you wake up in the morning and you don't want to do it, record yourself for all the reasons that you're telling yourself of why you don't want to do it. <laughs> so like, just say you get up, you want to go for a run. You're like, Oh, my legs are sore. Yeah. Oh, like I went for a run yesterday. Like you just sound like a, <laughs> you sound like an idiot. Yeah. You're just like, what am I, like, what am I doing? Yeah. Like, what am I doing? And then it's like, <laughs> all right, put the shoes on. Like, Imagine, imagine like saying that to your coach or your friends or something, just be like, oh, yeah, you're just, just, like, just whinging. Yeah, yeah, shut up. No, we don't care. Yeah. But when you say it in your head, it sounds, it sounds nice to yourself. Yeah, God, yeah. And your brain, like I said, your brain's so crafty. Mm. It's, and like that's even something that I've been like trying to help with people in the classes and stuff. It's just, it's just like making people understand that your brain is so efficient 
and like it's so smart that as soon, at any given opportunity in terms of like any tiny little movement that your body's doing in the gym or just like however it can make it as efficient as possible to make it hurt less and like less mm. energy taxing it will do it mm. like so it can even come down to the amount of times that when I get people just to do crab walks or like lateral bands well I think that is like the the textbook name for them I think I got you doing them right mm. the other day and like, it's so funny if I don't say anything to anyone, everyone, their leading foot, say they're going with their right, following their left, their leading foot will always tilt out to two o'clock. And Just I can say, and I can say, and it, it's so crazy. Like people even look at their feet mm. and they know that their brain will not change it because it's just cruising. Like mm. that. It doesn't hurt at all. As soon as you're like strict and I'm like, right guys, both feet at 12 o'clock, everyone's just like, you see everyone's face going red and it's mm. like, They'll take the band off and they're like, oh, fuck. Yeah. And then I won't say anything in the second set. And they're like, oh, I didn't hurt that set. And it's like, well, yes, because I didn't tell you. Yeah. And your brain's just made that whole go back set. back to it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it's just like we're naturally, we want to lean towards comfort. Yeah. You, yeah, your brain's just crafty. Yeah. And it's just like comfort. Comfort <laughs> will kill you kind of thing. Yeah. Or like kill, I guess, not literally, but I guess like a part of you. Yeah, like, it does. Whole, the whole it's... discomfort's the best thing that can happen. And that's why, that's why like I also... Same again, I think for years I massively sympathize with people who like are really in no man's land with their like health and fitness and even like their mental health, you know, they're like, they're at rock bottom of that part of their life. And I used to, for like a long time, I used to kind of just want to be that like gentle, like that gentle little push, like it's okay, like it's fine. You don't have to do, you don't have to do all these like crazy workouts you see people doing on Instagram and stuff like that. Mm. whereas I realized that it doesn't actually you the people that are there they'll only start working when they're ready like you mm. can't really force them mm. unless <laughs> you're that other person that's like you're a piece of shit sort your life out and like that would definitely resonates with people like people love that so much more we're so like we're so weird like we're weird animals sometimes you know yeah, like, sometimes it's the harsh truth. Yeah, the thing that will like light the fire. Yeah, like I've, I've, I think I've done so many years of just trying to be like a bit of a gentle coach and like a gentle push and not trying you know, to. It's going to be like passive aggressive in a way, like just say things that like have subtle like remarks mm. that kind of can push people because it's just it is a fine line between just like offending someone, but then sometimes offending someone into action is better than complimenting someone into comfort. God, yeah, the right. The, I'm definitely one of those people. Now yeah. I, I take a lot from when, like what you're saying about like proving people wrong as well. Mm. I take a lot from when like people criticize me. I think crit, like criticism is definitely one of the things that like has helped me progress a lot mm. in my own training. Well, it comes back to the accountability. Yeah. Cause there, there's always, even if it's like a bit of a joke or like a, like you said, it's a bit of like, um, like passive aggressive or mm. there's always some truth behind it. Mm. And as much as it kind of might hurt your feelings, there's a reason why someone well, says- Well, what you do with it though. That's the thing. It's like if someone's being mean to you mm. and you go, oh, poor me and have a pity party and go, mm. oh, I don't try and fix anything. Or you actually look at yourself in almost third person and go, okay, they said this, let's look at myself and yeah. go, oh shit. Because like we said before, like it, it all comes down to you. Yeah. And the whole reason of while I'm, why I'm here and why I'm getting trained by you and all that thing came back from- a moment of like stopping and being like, you're not where you need to be yeah. and you haven't been for a while. Why is that? Mm. And then analyzing past successes and failures 
kind of breaking myself down, rebuilding myself through the things that I've learned over that time and then putting that forward. Mm. And it's like, that all comes from a point of going, you kind of suck right now. Why do you suck? How didn't you suck in the past? Put those pieces together and then go from there. And then once I started doing that, like the the thing is, it's like, I think we all deep down know exactly what we should do or could do. Yeah. And especially if you have succeeded in the past, it's like at that point, it's like you've done it. Yeah. So So why aren't you doing it? Just re, yeah. Just, and then just reenact that. It's like, if you have succeeded, it's like, yeah, you might have to alter a few things like life changes, you change, Mm. but on, on a whole, it's like if you have been successful in whatever craft you're doing, just kind of copy that again and yeah. maybe tweak a few things. But yeah. I think people just want quick results, want it easy, and it's just like, it's, oh, just, gotcha. it's just not, it's really people, not. Yeah, yeah, quick results. People, oh, I don't want to say people. Is that such like a huge It's such a broad, yeah, umbrella of, yeah. yeah and when I say, not. like I always say people, but like people being myself included yeah. in that conversation. And also I think like when you, it's that thing, isn't it, where like you usually find what frustrates you about when you get frustrated at people and how they are, that's because you're kind of scared of seeing yourself be that yeah, person. Yeah. That's when you normally get the most angry. Yeah. It's because you see you're yourself like, in them. Yeah. yeah. And you're just like, oh shit, I don't want to be like that. And then you kind of like your brain tries to think and like justify why they're so bad at what they're doing mm. because you know that you're capable of that. And I, I, I've thought about that. Not even capable. You have done that. Like, yeah. 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 And it's like, I've thought about that loads where I'm just like, yeah, that's why I've got so annoyed at like, friends and like like not mm. not annoyed but just like you know just a big sigh and just like fine like come on yeah but it's because it's to yourself yeah almost, it's deep yeah. down it's to yourself you know, and like, but then that's the you're either that person that uses that to motivate you to not ever be like that mm. again or you let it kind of creep in and the cracky creep in and you'll be that person you know mm. and i think that was that's a big thing at the moment what we were saying about like external like when people are watching and stuff like that um, I think like every time, every time that there's someone there that you kind of respect and you kind of care about their opinion, yeah, you'll always do better. Mm. Well, not, not necessarily, but if you think about like what you were saying about like the world cup, like people are judging you essentially, Yeah, you know, um, even like the fans and people like actually there in the moment, yeah. they're all, they all want you to do the best because they want to see you do the best. Mm. And competitive sports, man, it's cutthroat. Like people Reverse. straight up say you suck. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, and people that have like no idea about how they could never even come close to you. In no, exactly. Like- and I, th- and I, I don't condone it because I think it's like, if you're just an internet, an internet warrior throwing around mean comments, it's just like kind of, you should have something better to do with yourself. But at the <laughs> same, in the same breath, it's like, you kind of got a point. Yeah. Like, and yeah, I've had people kind of call me out on the internet before and it's just like, you are kind of right. Like I'm not living up to where I feel like I should. Yeah. And sometimes like, and we do get stuck on negative comments, but it's like, it's what you do with those negative yeah. comments. Yeah. You, like, you can't let it, you can't let it like pull you down. No. You got to like, you either like barrel it up as motivation. To, yeah. Like in that kind of like. It's kidding. Pro- it's kidding. Yeah. It's, it's like fire you proving you wrong. Like you're just going to be like, right. I'm, mm. I'm going to take And that's it. such a good feeling. Yeah. God. Yeah. Like I've, I remember, it was funny. Like sometimes I'll, I'll see like a, pink bike like a pink bikes the like a mountain bike website and people will like write certain things mm. and you see it and it's just like i just love to do like just win a race or like do really well and just screenshot that thing and post it and just <laughs> tag him be like there you go like just a bit of <laughs> passive aggressiveness but it's like it's funny because like the whole you should get um motivation through 
the people that do actually lift you up and support you, but mm. also, yeah, the negative yeah, comments will feel there as well. Yeah, yeah. It's, I think it's always better to be motivated by a more positive background, but yeah, sometimes there's just that's just motivation that mm. even those people can't bring you, you know? Yeah. I think, yeah, I think it comes down to who you are as well. But it's human nature as well. Like you've seen like news cycles and stuff where more actively engaged with negativity over positivity, mm. which is something that I don't know where that has stemmed from, but it's something that would be really nice to change. Like yeah, if they put news stories on where like, oh, we just found a cure for this disease and this and that and everything mm. and everyone's happy, but people just kind of just don't give a shit. People want to get angry. And I don't know if that's kind of feeding into itself because we've kind of started that cycle of. Yeah. That's such a, that's such a hard one, isn't it? It's, um, it, that drives me insane though. Like oh, I, it's terrible. I can't watch the news because of that reason. But. Yeah. Cause it's just nothing on the news, but the blues as they say. Mm. And it was just, but it's the same as like people. It's really funny. Cause same again, I kind of hope the people that I've been in this like current group chat with have watched this. Cause I've told them openly, like your negativity drives me insane. Yeah. And, it, but it's, um, <laughs> I love when you like cut people out with being like, I remember I just started unfollowing negative people or people I didn't like that. I remember like when you have this point where like, how do you actually serve me? Yeah. Like, how do you serve me as like a friend or like a, a, like an acquaintance or whatever? And I'm like, all you do is post shit that just is upsetting and you'd write stuff that is negative. And I feel like I'm going to be a better person without having to yeah. look at your shit. It's I don't just, care. <laughs> it, in this, like, in this, like, actual, in this scenario, is I'm in this like group chat, right? Where it's uh, lads who we all support Arsenal, and like we're top of the league, right? And we've been shit for a while. I say we. I'm a Bristol City fan, but Arsenal are like my prem team, okay? And we've been really bad for not really bad, but <laughs> well below potential for like many years. Yeah, we're like top of the league, flying. And it's just like a few of the boys in the chat are just like one of the players at the like one of the players that's playing for Arsenal at the moment at the top. They're just like every time they're like oh, every time he messes them up, he's fucking shit. Get him off. It's like he's not like he's a professional footballer. Like he's mm. he's not shit. Mm. Like you could not get on the pitch and do better than him. So like that's like your first point of like just don't have an opinion. Yeah. If you haven't got like anything positive to say. Mm. And it's not necessarily like, I don't know if it's just my mindset where I like, I just analyze everything, mm. but it's also like, he's just one cog in like this big successful clock that's working well at the moment. Mm. So like, you can't say that. And like that sort of, it just drives me insane. And they dehumanize people in that setting. Yeah. Like, and I it's think just it's like, like, if you see someone on TV, it's like, that's a person. Yeah. Like, and it's like, that's a person who like has committed his whole life up to this date to be where he is yeah like you can't uh, yeah it just drives me insane I literally it's like it just boils my blood mm. and like I, I, it was literally this morning because this morning at like two o'clock in the morning I think Arsenal played yeah Arsenal played Tottenham away like biggest rivals mm. they've like they pulled our pants down a few times in the last like five years mind like give us hammerings right and we're top we we had one game after the World Cup where we were a bit shaky, a bit flat. We didn't look as good as what we did before the World Cup. And then we've just gone and beat Tottenham 2 0. Mm. And it's like straight away, like that one player messes something up. We're like 2 0 up. Yeah. Like, oh, get him off. He's, yeah. he's fucking shit. And it's like, you're about to win a game that you didn't. It's like, yeah. how does your brain even like work? Like, how are you not just like enjoying the moment? Or like, yeah. how are you not just being like, actually, like he's one player of 11. Like, as long as everyone's kind of 
doing what they need to do, everything's going to be fine. Yeah, they're so quick to judge. I think yeah. there's like the whole idea of like the meritocracy, like in sporting. Mm, it's, it's like, and that's one thing that honestly makes me really despise sports in that sense. Mm. It's like you get this fan base and these like friends off merit of achieving a, like a goal in your sport mm. where it's like you don't really get viewed as being a good person. Does that yeah. make sense? So it's like you could be the nicest person in the world. You give to charity. You, you're you outgoing. You're friendly. You just saved a kitten in a tree, like all this stuff. <laughs> but you miss a shot or do it. I'm like people hate you. <laughs> like they hate you. And it's just like there's a – like that to me just seems like – Just mental. Exactly. It's just like it doesn't matter what, what you do in that sense. It it's, still comes back to – Okay, you missed the shot or whatever. You're, so. just a, you're just a statistic. Exactly, exactly. And I've always struggled with that in kind of like a sporting sense of like people just kind of don't – like I think if you've got obviously a personality to go along with it, it's a positive, but people also kind of don't care. Like it is yeah, – you're and, in a result-based thing and if you're not getting results, we don't like you. Yeah, and it, yeah, it just blows my brain, mate. Like, on, that's like one of the things that I just – I think just flicks the switch in me straight away. It just – I. I think they, I think we talked about it before. Is, is it tall poppy syndrome? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like pull, as soon as anyone does like, what? actually no, that's completely different to what I'm saying. That's, I'm more so just saying like, just in like the sense of sport, like people are just so quick to be like, oh, he's fucking, he's so He's good. done, yeah. I think, yeah, because tall poppy syndrome is more the, the case of when you start to achieve higher goals and stuff, people bring you down. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, so touching back on like the sport side of it, like, I don't think if I was actually any good at sport, I don't think I'd be able to hack that. I'd be like, I'd be that person that's like on my phone replying to all these people. Like, I don't care. I'm a pro. <laughs> like <laughs> straight up. Like your life's so shit compared to mine. That's I'd be that person. <laughs> you just give it back. Yeah. I'd be sometimes like I've had times where, but obviously that's not the right thing to say. Cause no, no, you just need to, you just need to ignore it. But I remember like when I was kind of, coming up and started to get like got professional rides and stuff i had even friends of mine that were just like saying like oh you don't work or you don't work a real job or like you don't <laughs> understand what real life is like and all this stuff and it made me honestly resent the the job the sport everything because i for a while there i wanted to quit and just get a normal tradie job yeah and so because people, i wanted to fit in yeah and but it's like that but then I got to the point where I was like, I oh, know I don't want to do that. I want to do this because it's so much better. And I remember sometimes my friend would be like, "You don't work a real job," and I'm like, "Yeah, I know it's great. Yeah, 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 yeah. You should try it sometime. Yeah, but you can't because you're not good enough at it. Yeah, but know? that's the thing. But it's just like it's always like a lot of people was just like, oh, like oh, yeah, like you've got it easy kind of thing. Yeah, oh, I'd always yeah. just say I'm like, I do. You should try it. Yeah, <laughs> and it's just like, and then it kind of goes back. Oh no, I can't. Well, I can't be that easy then. That was, yeah, that's, that, that was like the point I was at back home as well, I think, before I moved out here, where I said, where I was saying that we, we had like the kind of situation we had with the gym back home was just perfect. Mm. And then I would get like, it got to a point where I didn't, I didn't take, I didn't think any of us took on new clients for like two and a half to three years. We just had the same like 13 to 15 clients each between three of us. Mm. No one left. They wouldn't leave. Not that we like tried to make them leave, but they were just. I ain't fucking leaving. Yeah, like they were just in. Yeah. They were like, and like that was what was so amazing about it. Like, I didn't really have clients. I just had like friends. 50, yeah. I had fifteen friends that turned up to a gym to train with me, like three times a week. Mm. And you just like, it was the best life ever. And then I would go and see, you know, 
friends that are, are like successful and they'd be like, well, like, you don't, you know, you don't really work, do you? Or like your job's so, like, you've got the easiest job in the world. And it's like, mm. yeah, you kind of, you forget like the four years that I was up from like 4 a.m. doing a 10K cycle in like the snow and pissing down rain mm. to like build this relationship and respect with people. Then like cycling home at like 8 p.m. Literally get home, eat food, go to bed, wake up at like half three in the morning to mm. cycle in again. And I didn't have a car. You know, and it, that's what that's what brought that respect for those people that those clients that I had for years. Like I still have my my first one. So in that talking of that, my first ever one on one client, Trudy, she's a legend, like absolute legend. I train her still on Facetime three times a week now. Yeah, and she was my first ever one on one client. She came to me for some knee rehab, and. I would cycle to train her at five o'clock in the morning from my nan's house where I was living in Port Z. It was like a 30 minute cycle. And I was doing that in like the British like winter yeah, on a road bike with like wheel, like tires like that thick, like ice, the amount of times like I would come in and I'd be like coming down slide, like falling off the bike and everything. <laughs> and it's just like those little moments where you just like, she says it all the time. She's like, can like, Thanks. Like fair play for like a 21 year old. Mm. You had hustling. Yeah. yeah. Like you were out grafting like fair play to you. Yeah. And now she's like, I I remember I moved over here and she was just like, Oh, I think it was about two months of two months after being out of quarantine. And she messaged me and was just like, Cam, I, I still want you to train me whenever you can like make it fit into your schedule. Can you train me over mm. FaceTime? And I was like, hundred percent. That'd have been pretty rewarding to like have someone who's like, I'm still committed. You're not even in the country, yeah. but I still want you to do it. So cool. And like, even like, same again, she's not, I don't see her as a client at all. Mm. She's my friend. Mm. And three times a week now, we just have a chat about what's basically going on in England. How do you she- feel like at a certain point, a coach, like you fall into the kind of like psychologist in a way? hundred percent. Yeah. Like that's. Such a big. Have you done studied any of that with within your coaching course, like psychology? And- no, not really. I done. I I studied sports psychology in like within my degree. In the degree, yeah. Um, but not like, not in like great detail. Mm. Um, but oh, mate, hundred percent, you do. You speak to like any coach. This kind of. I think me and a few of the guys that never quit were literally saying it the other day. Like you are more. And I don't mean this in like a negative way. Like you, you become a coach slash like therapist, mm. which is like cool because those people come to you to like, they want to, they're trying, they're in that moment trying to better themselves through like health and fitness. Mm. But you're also that like channel that you could be that only person's channel in a day where they can just vent. Yeah. You know, and like, or they can talk about stuff that's like really personal that you only, you, you, you might only, you might be the only person that knows about what's going on in their life, you know? Mm. Or I think you can like crack people and be like, oh, like you could come, like just say I could come in and I'm not feeling the best, so I'm not lifting what I would normally. And you'd be like, oh, what's up? Yeah, and you'd be like, oh, nothing. And then you're like, no, no, like, yeah, and you, then you, you dig you a know. bit deeper yeah, and like, yeah, up. and then you kind of pull that out, and that can just that alone can be like, ah, oh, okay, that's yeah, and like link that up, and then obviously a good coach would know how to proceed with that, and yeah, work, and work it out. And I think most of the time you just just being a set of ears for someone to listen to is like, Mm. is mostly what helps. And then whether or not you're the sort of person that actually listens and like can offer some pretty like sound advice, that's like that kind of It's a bonus. Yeah. Yeah. I I know a lot of the time, like, like you said, a psychologist will just listen Mm. and he'll 
the person will literally figure it out on their own. Mm. Like just to have yeah, someone you just, to you, you vent just it. Need, to, you yeah. just need to talk. Like yeah, the, you your brain it. just needs to like hear how it sounds coming out of your own mouth. Mm. And I think like, yeah, that is definitely something touching on what we were saying about people saying, oh, you got such an easy job. I can remember there'd be days where I had like 13 clients in a day back home. And not that everyone came in with that, not that everyone came in, but you're like a coach and a therapist to 13 people. Mm. Like it, it's a big dump of knowledge. God, <laughs> like you'd, not, no, knowledge and also like problem solving and yeah, yeah, yeah. So structuring like, and yeah. So like the program inside of it, the program and like coach inside of being a coach is, I love it because it's so simple. Like if I was to like write an eight week straight program is so simple. Like that, uh, as much as like people will try and make it out to be like it's like physics or quantum mechanics, it's not. Like it's there's like gym programs that you could download off the internet from like 1950s, 60s, 70s. That if you followed it for the next 12 weeks, you'll be stronger. Mm. You know, it's the all of that side of coaching is actually super easy. It's coaching's hard when it gets to understanding like someone's biomechanics and making sure that what you're getting them to do actually works for them. And if it doesn't adjust in it, so it works for them and the therapist side, mm. like the psychological motivating someone who doesn't, some people absolutely hate exercise, you know, and they come to see you to try and build that relationship with them in like within themselves. Mm. So, or you get the people that, or you get the clients and, um, that just, they just need you to listen to them, you know, and about life and, I would say that's probably it's not difficult. It's not difficult in the sense of like I don't enjoy it. Like that's the really that's like the reward inside of yeah. it, you know. But it is also a lot to process and then to actually give good feedback or like inf- like not even feed- like feedback. I guess like advice in a way is a lot. It's hard because you don't want to like steer them down a path they shouldn't go down. So it yeah. takes a lot of thought. Like I know <laughs> putting thought into that while also being the, <laughs> like a coach role is like. Like therapists get paid a lot for a reason. Yeah, it's hard oh God, to yeah. articulate responses to people that are going through a difficult time. So, God, yeah, so, and yeah, I think that was just like, I think that's one of those one of the sides of coaching that people don't understand, and I think that's probably a side that determines whether you're a successful coach or not. Also, mm. if people just feel like they turn up and they, you just tell them some exercises to do don't really have that much of a conversation. You're not really like engaged in who they are as a person in their life. Mm. They're not going to last long. No. Because why you pay, like, like I said, you can just, you could just float around and just do that with like 10 different coaches who do the same. Mm. There's no like actual bond or relationship. Whereas if you actually, as a coach, if you actually like buy into your, buy into the person, like a client who's like signed up for you, uh, signed up to you, sorry. Like that, you're like I said, you're building a friendship. If, if as don't get me wrong, I, I've had people that sign up where I'm I'm not friends with them. Mm. You know, they're not people that I'm just like nah. Like you just don't you don't bond, you don't gel, and that's just life. Like you're not gonna. I I think I went through that in like my early stages of coaching where I really tried to like bond and gel with every single person that wanted to, to train with me. Mm. And sometimes you just don't like you just kind of lock horns with people. Not lock horns, but you just don't flow everything's real kind of like stop start and there's a lot of like awkward silences there's a lot of um you know like you're you're putting in i'd be putting in like a lot of effort to like help them build better habits 
Mm. And they come in like, no, nah, nah, I didn't really like it. You're like, well, yeah. So like, what's, what's the point of this? You're habit? never going to change with that attitude. Yeah. You know? And that's all, it's a bad look for everyone because then it like, for you, it's like you're training someone that's not getting the results that you kind of want to, that you would expect. Expect. Yeah. yeah. And then that's kind of putting a bad look on your brand as a coach. Yeah. hundred percent. And then they're just like, well, why are you here? If you don't actually do it. <laughs> like, yeah. And I think that's what, I think because coaching and personal training now is such like a saturated business in the sense of like so many people are qualified now. I think that's kind of what can really separate you from a lot of other people. I wasn't, I was going to say everyone else, but obviously not everyone else. Like that's what can really separate you from maybe grafting for a couple of years to build a really good core base of clients that like I was saying with like back home, they're not even clients after, after like two months. They're not your client. They're your friend, you know? Mm. I still I still kind of like text, you know, I, I think I texted you yesterday and like, how was you? I hope you had a good weekend. Yeah. Just random. You yeah. know, it's not like, I, there's no like, there's no like plan in the back of my head. Like, oh, I, I, I want. Yeah, you got like an alarm set to be like, all right, to, yeah. Yeah, like I'm just genuinely interested in how your weekend was, how, you, how your body is, how you're feeling going into next week. Mm. And it's just those sort of things. But then I don't know if that's just who I am as a person. I don't know if that's, something that you have to like try and be attentive to essentially if you know what I yeah, mean. Yeah, or- but I think it's just like a habit forming thing that comes from doing it for so long and seeing a positive result from it. Mm. So obviously if you're touching base with people that you are coaching and they want to keep coaching with you even when you're not in the country, you're like obviously I was doing something right to hit a nerve yeah, that yeah. makes them want to continue. So it's like the formula is right. Let's just keep going. Like, Yeah, for sure. That. I think, And I think that's why I, I just love coaching. I think I living on the, when I lived on the road and I was kind of exposed to like, I, I'm not actually good at really anything else other than coaching mm. in terms of like, you know, hands on sort of stuff. I, I, I had a really big push for like, right, I want to, I want to get a trade and I want to do this. And then even before I, when I was kind of in that process of with getting into never quit, it was, I was still a bit like, Oh, actually I, I wouldn't mind doing an apprenticeship on the side and, mm. I'll make it work and I'll graft really hard. I'll do both. But I literally, I think like within like three days of coaching it, never quit. I was like, nah. I, How did you end up falling into never quit? Because um, you started pretty much the exact same time I got there, I think. Yeah. So me and Leah, after we finished our lap, we basically, we basically got to Sydney and Sydney up was just like floods the whole time. And we had to fly back to the UK for a month for some weddings. And then when we had flew back from the UK, we were in Brisbane. The car was like on its last legs. It needed a lot of work. We didn't have, we, I think we literally paid our rent for our place right before we flew back to the UK because we knew we wouldn't have any money left. And we flew back from the UK and I think we had $260 in cash. That was it. That was all we had. We had no money and like not even, that was it. Yeah. Zilch. Leah is obviously a nurse. Obviously, no, no one watching this will know that she's a nurse. There's nothing obvious about it. Um, she's a nurse. She's a nurse. Um, so she literally, I think we were like in the airport in Singapore, and she like got all, she like finalized all of her like agency stuff. She started working agency nurse, and I got a casual contract at Nike, at like just the local retail store in Westfield shopping center um same again just super honest with them i was like look 
I'm going to be here for like six months. This is situation. Like I need work. I need a lot of work. I love Nike. <laughs> I'm literally in Nike right now. <laughs> like <laughs> I like love Nike. Right like now. I've trained in Nike my whole life, sports, boots, the lot, everything. Like yeah. I can stand there and confidently chat about all your products. Yeah. And then I can remember I literally got a phone call like that evening that I popped in. And bear in mind, I went in straight after the gym. So I was like a sweaty mess. I was like, oh, I must have looked disgusting. And, um, probably committed. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. I, I had like my man bun and then as well. So I kind of looked a bit like, I looked, I looked a bit of a, like a homeless person, like traveler. Um, you're hired. <laughs> yeah. I literally got like a phone call like an hour later from like head office down in Victoria. And they're like, oh, yeah, you were successful in your interview. And I was like, Perfect. Perfect. Called up the next day and they were like, yeah, come in for like some training shifts and everything, blah, blah, blah. And um, yeah, so we done that for six months. So like we literally lived in a granny flat in North Brisbane for six months and we just grafted every day. Mm. Leah was doing like three, three to like six shifts a week, whatever she kind of could. The car was hammered. So like we were literally like public transport. I was walking to the shopping center every day. It was yeah. two, 2K, 1.6K walk there, 1.6K walk back. I would go there at six in the morning, train for two hours, then work from like eight till five. Yeah. And because like my availability was like every day, they literally gave me like 35 hours a week minimum. True. So I done that for like six months. And then me and Leo were just really, we were so confused because we didn't really give... Gold Coast much exploring on the way up because we were rushing to get home for the like to get into Brisbane for our flights the car was on its last legs it was all just like real kind of like panic station stuff yeah. so in our like six months of working we had gone up to Sunshine Coast a few times and like we really liked it up there it was definitely nice to go from Brisbane up there and we were like dead set on moving up to the Sunshine Coast looking at rentals and then we spent a few days down in Goldie, like South Goldie, kind of like Burley South. And mm. we were like, oh, fuck this. this is so nice as well. Like this is like the Sunshine Coast, but just a, there's a little bit more going on. Yeah, a bit more happening. Yeah, yeah and especially I, for like coaching, personal training. It's And just also for us, like I think the key thing that kind of settled it for me and Leah was, I just said, me and Leah love food. Like we're huge foodies. And we were just like, I reckon we could probably eat at all the restaurants in the Sunshine Coast within like three months. Yeah. We're like, we're going to need, whilst we're like, whilst we're still young and yeah, before like having kids and life gets real serious, we're like, let's, let's just go and do the Gold Coast. Yeah. And then Leah kind of applied for some jobs and she applied for this um, job at a, like a private GP, like a family run general practice. Got offered the job, like literally all within like, 24 hours they're like hunt like your cv's amazing she's like Liz, a good nurse like a really good nurse like oncology specialist a and e specialist um so i was just like oh, shit like all right we're, like this is on like it looks like this is going to be happening and then i can remember i inquired through i think i messaged never quit on instagram and i was just like hey guys this is kind of you know real brief this is my situation Mm. why them though like what 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 linked you to to them it's just a nice gym i didn't really i didn't where did you say like did you like did i just i was searching kind of like strength and conditioning and functional gyms yeah. and then you could just tell that by their setup and how they kind of ran their instagram and everything it was 
yeah. it was similar to like what my ethos is with coaching. Because I've done it like, I think that's one big positive they've pushed is like, we're going to make it look professional and just well done and just... Just standards are so high. Yeah. And I think I inquired, they basically emailed me and they messaged me back and just said, uh, for all kind of like these sort of inquiries, if you can just email your CV to this number, uh, to this email address. I emailed them and then I can remember about, I think it was like three or four days later, I got a phone call and it was Ian from Never Quit, um, one of the founders and one of the owners as well and just had like a bit of a brief chat and he was just like, I'd love for you to come down and just like have a bit of a chat with everyone and then I literally met them I met the three of them, uh, so Nathan, Emily, and Ian, and Andy. Obviously, Andy being the head coach of of Burley, Burley. yeah. And yeah, just had like a good like two hour sit down. They kind of just asked about how, what the whole like setup and system was with my place back home in terms of pure results. Um, I was quite open from the off that like I'd only really ever done one on one, so like that coat that class environment was brand new to me not in a bad way i i was really nervous to be honest mm. just because i i really like i like being real like nitty gritty and personal, personal yeah it, yeah yeah so like class was i would say all of december which was really good from them same again their, their standards were just so high from the off mm. i went and had that meeting with them and they were just like look you're gonna need to know how to do this because our kind of our whole setup is like on point yeah. and it's going to basically be hard for you to just jump straight in. Like you're going to basically, which same again, that was really humbling for me because I, I had kind of gone into that meeting like, yeah, well, I basically ran a gym with my best friend for eight years and it was successful. Yeah. The cocky side of you kind of. Comes, yeah. Comes just like, it. yeah, it's classes. I'll be able to do it. Yeah. And then I can remember because we were then still commuting from Brisbane because Leah literally, they were like, yeah, we want you to start on Monday. And this was like Friday. And we were like, oh, what are we going to do? Went and had that meeting at Never Quit. And they were like, well, you've got to do X, you've got to do like X, Y, and Z before you, we can offer you like anything. Mm. Um, <laughs> and I can remember like in front of Andy, and obviously, you know, what Andy's like, he, um, I was just like, oh, mate, that means like me and Leah are going to have to like leave Brisbane at four in the morning. And he was just like, well, do, you, do you want the job or no? Yeah. And I was just like, yeah, fair. Yeah. Like four o'clock it is then get up. Yeah. And then I can remember just he, the kind no of- No one cares about excuses. Yeah, yeah. That, you want it or not. And the whole process was just basically for all of December, just be front of house. So just get your face around, get, you know, get comfortable with like how, like the kind of protocol of how the gym and the classes run. And just get your face around and get people to know you. And that was basically all of December. And then from January, that was when I kind of took on the 6am class. Yeah. Which is like hectic. I was going to say, a lot of people. Yeah, it's like, morning ones. yeah, there's 5am and 6am are like heaving. And 7am, even still now, mm. it's like no less than 20 people. Looking at like, yeah. like 30, 30, 35 on average. Mm. Which, yeah, if you would have... Same again, like granted, when I first went for that like discussion with them guys where I thought I'd be able to just handle classes after like seeing it, I can remember in December just being like, 
I was watching these class. I'm like, I was watching like Finn and stuff do the classes, take the six AM, and I was just like, oh, fuck, like, so I'm gonna be so nervous. Yeah, yeah like, yeah. yeah. So it, but I enjoy those nerves. I knew that. I knew that in that moment where I was like really nervous and like I can remember standing in front of the class, my first class, even like a couple of weeks ago, and my heart was just like, mm. and yeah, it's just. I think the main thing in that whole period of December where I was kind of just like front of house making coffees, like I said, checking everyone in all that sort of stuff. That was where I was just like how Andy had basically ran about how like the standards of everything, like this is how it has to work. Like, yeah, I was just like, yeah, I love this. Yeah. Like, it was just like everything that, everything that I wanted to progress to when I was back home, like this, was, it was just already in place and mm. you've just got to follow suit. And, you just fall into it. Yeah. And it was so good. Like it was, I was just like, I'm, I'm all about that sort of like, it was just like work hard, no excuses. Like <laughs> don't like, Oh, don't come in. And if you forget to do something, like, Oh, well, like just do it. Yeah. Just the gym and everything, every kind of session that each member comes in, like it has to be, it has to look immaculate. Mm. You, your coaching has to be like perfect mm. even if it's like even if you slip off for like two seconds spending too much time doing something else you make up for it it's not just like oh, oh I fucked it you know mm. and I was just like I just bought into it straight from then I was like yeah yeah I can definitely say that especially with like you see all the coaches get after it all the people that come and get after it it like sets a standard yeah it's like yeah the sta- like yeah and the standards are so high love yeah. it like, like, even when my friend came Sam Mm. Um, Sam Purdy came and he was like filming. He was just like, I don't think I've seen so many fit people in one building before. <laughs> and it's just like, yeah, actually everyone, hey. Yeah. Like just everyone is just an animal. Just, yeah, just, just getting after it. Yeah. And that's why like that motivated me when I saw that. I was like, all right, I want to go to a gym where like I'm not the fittest person. Mm. But you be, you're a small fish in a big pond. Exactly. But that's the thing. You want to be smarty, hop in a room with smart people and be fitter, hop in a room with fit people. Yeah, right? yeah, for sure. And like that, yeah, that was kind of what made me buy into it, I think. Mm. And then touching on like what we were saying earlier about that kind of like inner motivation that you have, like occasionally, I think that at the moment I've got that because mm. I've like joined a team of coaches who are like all really good coaches. Like they're all good in their own individual way, but even just as like the standard being a good coach, just at, at like taking all the boxes, they're just all good at that as well. Mm. and then they're really good at their own little things as well and I think that like at the moment like that's my biggest drive for like my own training my own coach and I'm just like I need to I need to be like as good yeah like as bars, an apt yeah bars being lifted yeah like as as an absolute minimum I need to be as good as them yeah and then it's like that it's just that extra mo- not no, not necessarily in coaching now but just in for like, my own personal goals and like, my own personal drive it's that inner motivation, like even today, you know, I called you about coming a little bit later because I just wanted to get the condition in. Yeah. I could have easily have just been like, ah, because it was, yeah, yeah, it was okay. like so horrific. I was in the, like an absolute world of pain. And it was just, I think it was like five, as fast as you can, five rounds of 10 cow assault bike, 15 more balls. Yeah. And I was like proper in the pain cave. Mm. And I can remember my last two rounds, I couldn't, I was like literally getting cramped coming off the bike. And all I was saying to myself, like every, every time was just like, I think it was a, I think it's like a David Goggins um, quote. It was just like, what if you pull this off? 
Yeah. Like what if you, like you've got to tell yourself like what if you actually do mm. all these things that you've got like in mind for you to achieve in the next four weeks or six months or mm. 12 months. Like what if you're actually that person who does it? Because mm. it seems hard and it seems unachievable, but... But yeah, what if? Yeah, what if? <laughs> and there's only one way you're going to do it is just like <laughs> grafting just so Just knowing, hey, yeah, just yeah. knowing. Like you're going to have to put yourself in the pit. Yeah. And that was why I was just like, yeah, screw it, I'm going to do it. And it's then like, I, it's like the other end of the, like the pendulum when it swings back. Yeah. That's the thing. Like a friend of mine, uh, Win Masters sent me a message. And he's like, oh, you're loving the grind at the moment. And I was like, yeah, because I know what comes after it. Mm. It's like. And it'd be good. Like, and you'll, you'll have that, like you'll have that brief moment once it's like, once it all pays off, it'd be so sweet. Mm. That's the thing. And if you don't go there, it's not sweet. No, you get not. everything. I always say to people, like, imagine if you got everything you ever wanted tomorrow, how let down you'd be. Oh yeah, like, you, yeah. You would be appreciate so, you'd be it. so underwhelmed. Yeah, you'd be like, oh, next. <laughs> it's like the only reason we really like truly appreciate any like massive life changing accomplishments is because we know the work that goes into it. God, yeah. You know the months, the hours, the pain, the blood. The- yeah, yeah, yeah. All that hard work. Yeah, and it is is that's a huge thing in like sports as well, isn't it? Like the amount of people that say like, oh, after I actually won it, I was like sad. Yeah. Like, and it's like, like depression after the Olympics. Yeah, like people, that's like an actual thing. And like mm. pe- some people can't get their head around that. And it's like, well, yeah, it makes total sense. Yeah. is I think this is another like- lost, yeah. Yeah, like this is another huge thing at the moment, I think in terms of that, that sort of um, like success, motivational sort of videos and quotes you see a lot of it is like, there's so much more emphasis now on people pushing the journey. Mm. Like it's, it's the journey that people love. Like it's the journey that people- that I think gets quite addictive. Mm. Like you're just grinding, you're like climbing the hill all the time. Mm. And then like, I think where people are so honest now, where not honest, but like where you do get people and be like, actually, yeah, once I want it, I I had nothing else to go for. So mm. I kind of felt a bit. They feel a lot. That's like a lot of ex athletes. I turn to drinking and alcoholism mm. and stuff like that. Cause they lose their purpose yeah. in like a, in a moment. And the thing is, it's like, you're never like, it's going to feel good to win at anything at the highest level. Mm. But the next day you're going to wake up and you're going to be the same person. Yeah. Like, like, like it's like your life is like, and that's, I try and attach, like I'm obviously going to be ecstatic when that happens, but I feel like you can't attach all your happiness to that moment. Yeah. Because sure. it's just another moment. Like a big thing that I change now is <clears throat> I feel like my racing is almost a stepping stone now to um, giving me like a bigger platform, bigger microphone, if you will, mm. to then help, people achieve their goals and that gives me that's where i find true fulfillment yeah so if like if i can use writing as a stepping stone not the actual end destination mm. where i want to get to it's like all right i achieved that that gives me a bigger like step up in something else that i can get fulfillment out of and then it kind of keeps feeding it into itself and helping yeah. itself but i think this whole idea it's like i'll be happy when i win it's just like no you won't no like, you, you won't. will you'll be happy but like you're not gonna be like it's not it's, like, not, it's not forever it's not like yeah it's not life-changing and i think yeah and I think that's just where, touching on what I was saying about my friend Andy earlier, mm. that's where I'm so, um, I'm so grateful for that mind. That what's next? Because it, it's that sort of mindset. Yeah. Like, right, yeah, you've done it now, but don't get caught up on just like being proud of yourself. Yeah, like do something else impressive. Like, yeah, move on. I think on. you've got to like have that time of like enjoying it. Yeah, enjoy like- the moment. As soon as it's but don't done, get stuck in it. Yeah, move on. Yeah, don't get stuck. Yeah, because that's <laughs> I think people just get stuck in it for too <laughs> yeah. long, and it's a fucking it's an easy thing to do. Yeah, I mean, hundred percent, like hundred percent, especially especially like sports. You know, like mm. 
because like, like you said, you have like fans and everything and it's so like you bring so much joy to not only yourself, but hundreds and thousands of people. Mm. So like you're, when you're, when you're up, like you're, you're so far up, like yeah. you're, peaks and troughs. Yeah. Huge. Yeah. Massively. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's it crazy. Yeah. It's, it is a roller coaster. And I was talking to, um, uh, Cooper Chapman about it. And it's almost like you go to the peak and then you go to the trough and it's like the second peak you go to is when you kind of find where you get your true. It's like the first peaks happiness from success. And that's kind of success that you just feel in yourself. And then you go to a low where no one cares or wants to be around you. And then the next peaks is when you kind of get happiness through helping others and, mm. and true happiness in like, I guess more of a holistic approach into like helping other people and yeah. not just yourself. And that's kind of like, that's the better peak Yeah, <laughs> for like sure. for that one. I think, I just think that's like the deep down, I think like inside of all of us, everyone's got their own problems and their own like core of how they were raised and everything like that. It's just like life, you know, like mm. some people have had it really hard, like hard lives. Mm. And yeah, you can, like I said, I don't sympathize with like people that, are bad people or anything like that but there's times where you're just like oh fuck man like that's horrific like mm. you, you you've had like people that have grown up and like have never been loved and stuff yeah. like that you know like that's that's terrible mm. um and i just think that like deep down that is like the biggest fulfillment that anyone gets is when you just help other people mm. and i think that's probably why i like coaching so much i don't really I don't really like, I'm not really fussed about like stats and numbers and body fat percentage and you looking like this. And so I just, as long as you feel better in yourself, mm. like I love it. Yeah. You know, it's like a drug, isn't it? It's like addictive. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and like, it's, and I think it's just so simple to like, to me, I think that's why it's same again. I enjoy coaching is because to me it's really, it's actually, there's, it's quite a simple method of how to appreciate yourself more. Mm in my in like my world that's through training but like what you were saying earlier i think when we were chatting about the role model club it's the i usually find once people start caring about their health and their fitness and they start to get a bit more like what you were saying like confident mm. everything else gets better mm. like everything because they believe in themselves a bit more you know so i kind i i get it why people are in such a rut but that's because and I get also why you get people like me, like coaches who like live and breathe it every single day when you're like, oh, you know, you need to do this or like man up and get up and be, I I get it. It's hard when you're like not that, you're not in that bubble or like mm. the, the ball's not rolling at all. Like it's so hard to get that ball rolling. Mm. But like once it goes, it's... That's the thing, it's always hardest at the start. Oh, 100%. With, yeah. with whatever you do. 100%. Like physical, I think physical exercise is just an example because we can all kind of, feel it straight away yeah but anything you do whether it be singing writing running riding right anything yeah it's like surfing yeah. i'm learning to surf at the moment wow god but it's okay to suck like that's a big thing it's like it's okay to <laughs> suck at something at the start and also it's like you're gonna learn the most at the start as well yeah so it's like it's the hardest but you're gonna learn the most yeah 100%. so it's like you kind of got to balance those two out where you're like okay i do really suck at this but in a week or two weeks or three weeks I'm going to learn the most that I will learn the whole time I'm probably doing this sport. Yeah. In terms of like your like progression, progression is yeah. going to be huge. It's going to spike. Cause when I, like when I go mountain biking now, I don't learn much. Like I find, like I was talking to someone about this the other day and you get to a point in anything when you get to the pointy end 
And it's like, how do I get a second quicker? Yeah. And a second quicker for me might mean going to the gym three times a week, doing like 20 runs. Like it's like. Could be like a year's worth of hard ex- work. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's pretty much what like a year to me might equal what? Three, four seconds. Yeah. And that, once you condense <laughs> it down to that, it's like. That's, that's a lot of work. Yeah. Like we worked out, it was funny. One of um, my friends, Reese Wilson, um, worked out, I think it was back in like 2018 or something. I think for a year of downhill racing, he compa- he, he he added up all his times that he'd raced and added up to 27 minutes of racing. So our job is condensed down <laughs> in a year of 27 minutes. So it's not even half an hour. Obviously you've got qualifying and practice and all this other stuff, but for actual race run, added 27 minutes. So like if you want to feel pressure cooker situation, wow, <laughs> that's kind of, and then, and then it's like, okay, how do I get that down to 26 minutes? Like you said, <laughs> year of work. So you put a year of, well, not even a year of work to get to this point. It's like, like I've been racing for 15 years. Yeah, yeah. So it's like 15 years of racing, 10 years of racing world cups, years of training, months of traveling <laughs> breaks down into 27 minutes. <laughs> and it's just like, okay. Yeah. It's crazy. Isn't it? It's, it's, yeah. It's a weird, when you see it like that, but then it's like, Look at Usain Bolt. No, oh, gotcha. Nine seconds. So Everything. It's like you break that down, it's like, okay, well, that's even less. Yeah. It's, yeah. Like way less. Way, yeah, way. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like, again, lifetime of work into nine seconds. Yeah. It's pretty ridiculous. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? All right. I've got three more questions for you and then I'll let you go. Three. Right, three let's more. go. So these, I always ask these at the end. If you go back in time and you could alter something or like give yourself a bit of advice or something of how you could go about something, can you think of something that you could go back and either change or just give yourself a bit of advice to be like, or oh, hey, maybe try and go down this direction instead of a different one? Um, I would probably say if I could go back and kind of just give myself a bit of help at some point, it would be probably mid-teens. And I'd probably say when I was like kind of end of secondary school going into college, I would probably say like, stop trying to figure everyone out of the world out. That would be my bit of advice. I think I wasted, not wasted, but I spent so much energy and time trying to like figure people out and analyze and the world. And I think I just, if I just spent that time on myself, I would have, got to this point where I am now like a lot sooner Mm. um I don't like I don't really like to like think of I don't really regret much I've never done anything like terribly wrong Mm. um and like with the like unions like I was saying about that like I had like that pinnacle moment that where I was like rock bottom I wouldn't even change that because it like I I needed that so much got from it yeah um but there's definitely like there's times in my teens where I think I was just like really self-conscious and um, I really cared about what people thought or like worried about what people thought about me when like deep down, like now I have the perspective I have, like they didn't even care. Mm. You know, I, I was just, that was just me in my own brain. Mm. Um, so yeah, I would say that. That's good. Mm. I was, I always think about that as like, yeah, you worry so much about what other people think and like they don't actually they don't give a shit about you. Yeah. <laughs> um, second one, what are you scared of? scared the deep ocean <laughs> terrifies me just being like out 
yeah like titanic sunk you out there yeah or just like even you know like these like fishing boats and stuff and they're just like out you're far out yeah yeah oh, no. what not... what part like is there something attached to that or just it's just never it's just it's just bottomless and it? well, it's obviously not bottomless yeah. but it literally is just like but are you scared of like falling in or is it like is yeah it... yeah it's just like it's the worst way to die i think just i've always out there floating. yeah you know like the old the old like not i don't know if it's an old question it probably is quite simple question but like would you rather burn or drown mm. i'd rather i'd rather burn I really think. yeah oh man I'd really, apparently drowning is peaceful yeah that, that, that fear i think that fear that you know right before you know yeah nah, I yeah don't i like do it. get nervous going to water but i don't think it'd be like it just wouldn't be painful like though i don't think it'd just be like more shock i reckon you'd die of shock though burning like straight away not oh. i reckon you'd just go so cold I reckon, burning. yeah, you'd it burn for like less than five seconds and you're done. Nah, your body it just going to like, shock. Like you're getting burnt alive by like a little kindling fire, or you're covered in. Like, <laughs> I like think it, it depends how you. Yeah, if you, well, yeah, but nah, Either like the the ocean just like the terrifying. deep ocean terrifies me. Yeah, true. Like even when you you know when you like fly in and you you can't you're like coming into land, yeah. but not coming into land, but you know when they like drop a bit lower right before landing. Yeah, whenever like you're over the ocean, I'm just like, oh man. <laughs> Don't go down. Like my heart starts Don't going. Go yeah, like if if we go down, I hope we just die before we hit the water. I would rather not have the. I'd rather <laughs> just die. Yeah. Than hit the water and like have the chance of survival. Just stay on the plane. It's going under this life slides. You're like nah, yeah, yeah. I'd rather just. The ship. I'd rather just hit the surface and explode. Yeah. So no, no fishing <laughs> charter for your birthday. No, definitely not. Mate. <laughs> I'll pass it on to someone and just lie to you and said I enjoyed the moment. Yeah, fair, fair. <laughs> All right, very last one. How do you want to be remembered? Um, oh. to my friends and family just someone that they could rely on like, I think that's good enough for me someone that they can just go to can track like, yeah just that's there yeah like if anyone like it that's, I'd probably say that's one thing that like is always in the back of my brain is just like always be that person that if anything like no matter what is in life not that I can like like perform miracles and mm. let's say someone called like my mum's like can I need a million dollars I'm obviously not gonna be able to get a million dollars but I would like you'll be there still yeah like I just want to be that person that everyone's just like yeah like I could rely on Cam for whatever I needed him for you say that's for your family but if like the broader scope of people is that a similar thing or would it be yeah yeah like people that I ha have that I have a bond with yeah, you know like yeah. people that you have that relationship with yeah. I would do I, I hate the thought of like someone going through summer and feeling like they would never, like they couldn't talk to me. Yeah. True. I've got one more. This isn't like, I normally don't ask this, but I've, I've heard it somewhere. I kind of reckon if you were to like, so <laughs> <laughs> this is new. Okay. Um, I also heard this the other day. I was like, that's kind of cool. I kind of want to steal that. The next guest they have on, what's a question you'd want to ask them? You have not, like, I, I don't even know who it's going to be, but if you're going to ask someone a question for the next podcast, what question would you ask them? And I will ask them that question at the end. If they had to live on the same three meals for the rest of their life, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, never allowed to change it. Yeah. What, what would it be? be? All right. <laughs> I'll, I'll lock that one in. What would it be for you? Oh, it's so hard. <laughs> I think, I think considering you're never going to be able to change it. Yeah. I'll probably go for a four English breakfast. <laughs> 
Just because it's got everything. There's days that you could just not eat sausage and bacon and just push it off to the side. Yeah, but sure. at least you've got you've got a bit. Yeah, you've got a medley. Yeah. Uh, lunch, I would probably go steak, egg, and chips with grilled veg. You're the real British, British. Yeah. <laughs> and then I always find dinner really hard because it's either between like a family size lasagna with a garlic bread on the side. Yeah. Or. I don't know who I would choose, but it would be between my nan or my mum's chicken roast dinner. <laughs> or no, sorry, Christmas roast dinner. True. Like it would, I that's, don't know that's who... A, it, that's, a, that's a few meals like that every day. You're going to... Yeah, I'd be a big lad. I was going to say, you'd have to pump it out some cardio <laughs> to keep that down. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I sometimes... Yeah. I sometimes chuck a... What is it else that someone... There's something that someone always says and I'm like... Oh, <laughs> but I, I think it's just like I think it's like just like pancakes or something but yeah for English breakfast now nah. perfect Gun. I like it alright I guess that's done then perfect let's mate. go get an English breakfast <laughs> <laughs>